Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Darren Williams Jr. from American Hot Rod Entertainment, and you're tuning in to my buddy TJ, the Nitro Performance Guy. Let's get it. Welcome back to another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. I'm TJ. I'm the Nitro Performance Guy. And listen here, we got a good show for you. I say it every episode because every episode is good, honestly. Okay? You, if you've been around long enough, you know. <laughs> uh, but we, we got a really fun one today. Uh, the Arizona Nationals was this past weekend. First time back here uh, since before COVID. Uh, that was the last time it was the first race of the se- or the second race of the season. Um, and we didn't go last year, um, but we tested there not even two weeks ago, um, maybe a little longer now, but we were just here. <laughs> so um, also that's some new music. Uh, I'm writing some new things. Um don't really have a name for it yet, but um, there it is. So that's the new music that you hear under my talking. Um, but we got a good one for you today. We got uh, some really, really smart guys coming to join me uh, a little bit later on after we get through to the semifinals and finals uh, of the eliminations. So for the first part of it, it's just going to be me. Uh, and then uh, you're going to hear some really, really good voices for the NHRA. Uh, I think I just love all of the content that I'm seeing right now. Uh, everybody's just jumping on the, the podcast and, and the shows and the YouTube. And I love it. I, I don't consider it a bandwagon thing at all. I mean, the more the merrier. Right. So we're just going to get right into it because we have no time to waste, guys. It was a performance clinic this weekend um we got american hot rod entertainment we got darren williams jr we got andrew morales from everything nitro and then we have dujane bland from the not bland show so we got a stacked show here today uh and i'm really excited to speak with those guys about uh what we saw this past weekend in arizona so we're gonna get right started we're gonna get right started we're gonna get started right away um, so like I said, I always watch the pro stock classes before the nitro cars come up, uh, because that's a, a good indication of what's out there. The pro stocks, uh, the pro stock car and the motorcycles, they don't have any power adders. Um, so what the air is, is what they get, you know, it, it's, it's, they don't have a supercharger, you know, uh, where they can just adjust the wing set you know they don't have a lot of the same things that the nitro cars have to get over some of the conditions that they might face so i always watch the pro stock session beforehand to see you know what they're doing um so the 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 low for friday was 52 652 I uh, saw 210 pop up on the board a lot. So that's a good indication that the horsepower is out there. Um, so Nitro Funny Cars are first on Friday. Um, so they came up. We started. Uh, it was a nice session. It was a nice session. Um, the air temperature was, um, let me see. I 
start. Yeah, here we go. The start of the session was 65 degrees. That's when they started uh, pro stock cars. It was 65 degrees. It was definitely cooler by the end of the session. Um, at the start of Nitro, the start of Nitro Funny Car, the track temp was 84 degrees. Now, I'll tell you what. It doesn't get much better than that. The sweet zone for running a Nitro Funny Car or a top fuel car is 80 to 95 degrees. Now, they can still make good amounts of power when it's above 100 degrees as well. Uh, but that's like really the the get the kitchen sink and maybe even bring the refrigerator and throw it at the racetrack. It's going to be able to hold it. Uh, but you got to apply the power right. And, and we saw that in top fuel, we didn't see a lot of, you know, we didn't see a lot of excitement on Friday night. Not as much as we thought we would see. We saw three full passes. Uh, funny cars, there were more full passes than that. But we're only going to cover the top four times in the first session. So starting from number four, how about Matt Hagen for Tony Stewart racing Dodge Power Brokers that nitro-powered Mopar Hellcat. He runs a 3.859 at 324.24 miles per hour. And that was fourth best. Listen to this, guys. All right. So you got Tim Wilkerson for Levi Ray and Shaup or Shoop, whichever it is. Uh, no, With all due respect, that being said, a Summit Ford Mustang we got 3.852 at 328.46 miles per hour. He was 311 to the eighth mile going 287 miles per hour. Unbelievable. So then the GOAT, John Forrest for peak, Blue Def, Power Solar jumping on board this year. Cornwell, 3.851 at 332.02 miles per hour he was next to chad green who also made a very stout run very good run 3.982 at 319 so it just looked like it was not a good run next to john Forrest. but i mean 85 was the number until robert height pulled his triple a of southern california pete cornwell chevrolet up to the line how about 3.83 8 at 332.8 miles per hour he was next to ron caps jfr was one and two after friday evening session uh so a couple things real quick and then we're going to move to top fuel but we haven't seen these times like low 380s we haven't seen this since uh the layback header era where you know we saw funny cars in the 70s i mean we there are two funny cars in the history of the sport that have been in the 370s, and that is Robert Height, who did it first, and then Matt Hagen, who did it at Indy. Um, so we haven't really seen uh, these kind of numbers out of the funny cars for a few years. Uh, but like I say, often these crew chiefs, they are so smart, and with technology getting better, the parts are so much better than they were, you can get around any kind of stipulation that the NHRA can put on you. Uh, but they the NHRA kind of gets creative and they they change the track prep for some reason and it's all for safety it's all for safety 
Uh, but it's kind of a fine line between safety and entertainment. So uh, it depends on who you ask on that one. Um, but there's 16 funny cars here on this day. Like I said, there were not too many full pulls. Uh, let me see here. So we talked about five runs. Oh, Jim Campbell, 403, 313. That was a solid run for them. Uh, Jeff Deal, 402. Up, but that run was disallowed because he went bowling. He went bowling. So, in, in, in other words, it means he hit the, he hit the block. And um, CompuLink out of Denver, Colorado. Had to glue a new timing block down. They didn't take too long. Uh, used to be they used to have to do wiring and all kind of stuff back in the day. Uh, Alan Reinhardt told us about that as we were waiting uh, for the track action to get back on there. Um, so let me see. Oh, also because it's lined up by the points. So there's only been one race. So the winners of the, uh, of the previous race, the winter nationals are number one in the points. The runner up from the winter nationals is number two in the points. So every single pair, it was kind of cool in this session. Uh, every single pair in the pro classes, so in pro stock, uh, fine, funny, funny car, funny car, and top fuel, they were all rematches of the last week's final. Uh, so that was cool, and it, it's cool that it lined up like that. Uh, and it usually only does that first race of the year because that's you know usually when the points are. If you win, you're number one in the points, <laughs> kind of thing. So top fuel dragster, they roll up there. How about three cars made full runs? We kind of said that a little bit earlier. Three cars. Uh, we're going to start with the third quickest of the of the session. How about Leah Pruitt, Sparkling Ice Caffeine? Man, I'll tell you what, that was a nice-looking top fuel car this weekend for Tony Stewart Racing. 3.703 uh, at... I don't have a speed here. Interesting. Okay, well, <laughs> she ran a 3.703. Uh, she was sub three seconds to the eighth mile. She was also going 290 plus at the eighth mile as well. Um, so look at, we got Trip Tatum. He was number two on Friday. Three, uh, 3.684, 310.55 miles per hour. So that car wasn't running through the finish line. The flames were down a little early. Uh, Trip Tatum, that is, you know, people have said it, uh, that that's a clone of the Capco cars, and it definitely runs like those cars. Uh, the Capco guys built that car for him, um, and so he bought it and Trip Tatum Racing. <laughs> but uh, they they still get a lot of support from the Capco guys. Um, with let me see here, he was next to Todd Payton uh, for his run. Um, so how about Clay Milliken didn't get to make a pass Friday night because of the Leahy device. It's a safety device. Uh, and it basically is if if there's anything and it's only active during qualifying. It's not acting uh, active when it's uh, race day because, I mean, we'll blow the thing up to get to the line first. I mean, <laughs> race day is kind of a different animal. Uh, but qualifying the race between the within the race, um, you know, if there's any like if there's if the pan pressure jumps up or if anything is not right in the engine but at fire up, it will not fire up. 
And so that's what happened to Clay Milliken. It was a tough break for Mike Clover and the Parts Plus crew, uh, but they would be able to pull it around the next day and get it done. How about who was Leah Pruitt next to? Doug Coletta from Matt Tools, DHL, Revkin, Mobile One, CMR Constructive, Construction, Constructive, Construction and Roofing. <laughs> Six, 3.657, miles per hour. That's a career best for Doug Coletta right there. As long as he's been doing it, he's never gone that quick with Alan Johnson turning the screw there. So at the 660 mark, so at half track, 2.93 going 296 miles per hour. That's stout. That's very stout. Uh, but like I said, that was the only three, those were the only three full runs of the top fuel uh, session. You know, that was it. Uh, so since that's all we had, I did include a little bit uh, more information here. So, after session one, after one, we got the best 60 foot. It's Trip Tatum, 817. That's stout. Best 330, we got Doug Kalitta, 2.080. The best 660, we got Doug Kalitta, 2.932. The best 660 mile per hour was Trip Tatum, 296.44 miles per hour. The biggest speed, 329.58 miles per hour. That was also by Doug Kalitta. And as you guessed, the low ET of the session was 3.657 by your number one qualifier, Doug Kalitta. And then in the funny car class, we got the best 60 is Ron Caps, 853. I always like to include these on the runs that they don't make full passes because there's a lot of information that you can tell from what what wasn't done i guess you could say but you can tell from the early numbers i mean that's quite aggressive in a funny car 853 uh best 330 we got robert height 2.212 the best half track et 310 with a nine on the end robert height best three uh 660 mile per hour half track 288.27 miles per hour by john force Biggest speed, 332.18 miles per hour. That was by Robert Height. And then you guessed it, the low ET is your number one qualifier, 3.868. I'm sorry, 3.838. Robert Height is going to get that one. So in the second session, here we go. We got Top Fuel first. Now, funny cars are last. They switch them. Um... These are the quickest runs of the session. There was nine quickest that I, that I want to go through for that session. Uh, Robert Height. Uh, I just looked at his name and said his name. We're not going to talk about Funny Car. We're talking about Top Fuel first. <laughs> All right. So quickest runs of the session. Now, remember, there were only three Funny Cars or three Top Fuel Cars that made full passes. So starting from the bottom, we got Clay Milliken. 3.748 at 322 miles per hour. He is 10th best. 3.748 is 10th best in the session. In the session. Then we got Antron Brown. 3.735 at 328 miles per hour. He was three seconds flat at the eighth mile going 290 miles an hour number eight we got leah pruitt for sparkling ice this weekend 3.725 at 328 
miles per hour. Josh Hart is number seven at 300. I'm sorry, 3.717 at 327 miles an hour. Steve Torrance is just above him as the sixth quickest in the session. 3.715 3.715 at 322 miles per hour. We got Mike Salinas for Team Scrappers. 3.714 at 330 miles an hour. Justin Asher is number four. 3.713 at 329 miles an hour. We got Doug Kalita. 3.700. 3.700 at 330 miles per hour. We got Trip Tatum in the number two quickest of the session trip tatum six three point six nine six at 329.18 miles per hour and then the top spot for the quickest of the session she's going to get those three points Brittany force 3.694 321 miles per hour i just want to say that the top seven the top seven et's All of those cars were sub three seconds to the eighth mile. All of them. All eight of them. So starting at Antron Brown, uh, Clay Milliken was a bit above three seconds at the eighth mile, but still a stout run. Three seven, you know, three with 3.748. That's a good run. All of the cars, all of the cars above Leah Pruitt, all sub three seconds. All, how about all of them going 290 or better? Or better. It, I mean, it's wild out here, guys. How about Trip Tatum, the highest speed at the eighth mile? 295.08. Trip Tatum was also the quickest 60 foot of the session, 825. The class average at 60 foot was about a 840. There, so I mean, stout, stout performances like these. I mean, it's crazy right now. Did you? I mean, let's let's just look from seven to you know four. From seven to four, they're only separated by four thousandths of a second. Josh Hart is three point seven one seven. And Mike Salinas, or I'm sorry, Justin Ashley is 3.713. It's it's wild out here. It's wild out here. So let's move on to the funny car. Again, there's nine runs, all of them three-second runs. We're going to start with Chad Green uh, in that Bond Coat Mustang, 3.976 at 293 miles an hour. Tim Wilkerson is number eight. 3.925 at 321 miles per hour. I'm going to stop here and just talk about how crazy it is. 92 with a 5 on the end is only 8th best in the session. It's only 8th best. So here we go. Uh, Alexis DeJoya in that beautiful Toyota Gazoo racing Toyota Super GR. There we go. Had to say, had to give it its respect. It deserves uh, three point nine one one at three hundred twenty three miles per hour. Amazing, amazing. How about the other Toyota Gazoo Supra JR Todd three point nine oh eight at three hundred twenty five miles per hour. Bob Tasca is above him in that Motocraft Quick Lane 
uh, Ford, I almost called it a Dodge, 3.902 at 329 miles an hour. We got Ron Caps above him, 3.896 at 319 miles per hour. We got Cruz above him in that Makers and Fixers edition, 3.876, 329 miles an hour. Matt Hagen is number two, 3.861 at 331.36 miles per hour. Big speed for Dickie Venables. And then we got Robert Height, the quickest of the session. He's going to get his three points, 3.848 at 330.47 miles per hour. Just want to say all of those funding cars were sub 320 to the eighth mile. All of them well, not all of them. Chad Green was 275 at the eighth mile, but everybody else was 280 or better at the eighth mile. Uh, the class average uh, for the 60 feet uh, for the 60 feet. That was an interesting sentence. <laughs> the class average 60 foot time for the funny cars is 0.87 uh, for that session. So. The track is good. I mean, you see, I mean, they're just uncorking 80s. And I just want to let you know that, well, we'll talk more about that with the guys later. But, but Robert Height, I mean, I just want to say this. 14. He's made 14 runs this season because he's won both races. So he's made 14 runs. 13 of them have been in the 380 zone. 13 of them. So, you know, we talked about it last night on uh, on Darren's show, American Hot Ride Entertainment, the post-race show. Can Robert keep this consistency up? And I said, you know, I, I believe it. My 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 stomach sounded like a top fuel car again. <laughs> I don't know if the camera picked that up. But can they keep the consistency up? Well, you're not going to be able to run 380s all year. You know, maybe, you know, in the summer months, you're going to really have that that. Uh, that Friday night session to like, you know, get that home run shot. And after that, you, you're going to be trying to do race day setup. You know, 390s is going to be what lives. 390s, mid to low 390s are going to be what wins during the summer. Um, 380s, you might see it. But the question was, will he be able to keep up the consistency? And I believe so. His best year ever 2019 is the setup he's running right now. So he's back on that setup to where he, I mean, he runs, he ran, he ran. I said two words at the same time. I meant to say win, won. <laughs> he won six races and won the championship. So that was his most, and, and he'll tell you, that was my best year ever. So. Uh, you know, I'd like to see more parody in the funny car class. And I said it last night. I said, I hope not. But doesn't matter what I hope. They're trying to win a championship. They got a chip on their shoulder. So it's not about what we want to see. You guys got to beat them. It's the same situation as, you know, the Steve Torrance situation in Top Fuel. I'm sure a lot of people are, are tired of him winning. But you got to beat them. You got to beat them. It's, it's that simple. You have to beat the car. Got to do it. So we're going to move on to session number three. And this session, I'll tell you what, this was fun. So top fuel is first again. Sun is going down. We're getting some, we're going to start to see some header flames here. Uh, and again, you can still see them in the daytime, but it's they're not as vibrant uh, during the day. Uh, so we got track temp. 
103 degrees. The air temp is 70 degrees. The adjusted altitude, 1860 feet. The relative humidity is 15%. So not a lot of water in the air. I mean, we're in the middle of the desert. We're in Arizona, right? So how about Austin Prop? Number 17 qualifier coming in. He was not yet qualified. 3.739 at 324 miles per hour. He was sub, or no, he was right at three seconds at the eighth mile, but he popped the blower going through the lights pretty good. Uh, But we got to get it in the show. You know, we we can't, you know, talk about winning a race if we don't get it in. And that's what I love about NHRA. It's just the, the accountability. It's the accountability for me because I don't care what you did last week. You know, you got to do it this week too. You got to bring your stuff to the starting line and do what it, you know it can do. So, and that's what I love. You were in the final last week and now you're you're threatening to not make the race. But he got it in. Uh, but he oiled it down. He oiled the racetrack. So that's minus five. That's his first one. Doug Foley, another solid pass. 3.751 at 315 miles per hour. So, he very well could have. I'm I'm so sorry right now. Uh, I can't tell. I only took the top 10. Uh, but 3.75 is a good run. And he didn't make the top 10 of the previous session. So he very well could have run this in the previous session. 7.5 is a good pass, you know. Um, under 3.20, though. So that, that I'm, I'm wondering if he was off the gas a little early. Because uh, that car has the ability to run in the 60s as well. All right. So, oh, how about the drama for the Pep Boys call out, right? So there was some shifting and moving around. Uh, Sean Langdon was not qualified for this Pep Boys shootout that's going to happen in Gainesville in a couple weeks. He wasn't qualified. But with this run, he qualified. He had to out-qualify Clay Milliken. 3.696 at 328.54 miles per hour. How about sub three seconds at the eighth mile, 2.967 at 294 miles an hour, 210, 330, 830, 60 foot, 071 off the line. So I'm starting to do the splits too. So from 60 feet, from 60 feet to 330 feet, it took him 1.277 seconds to get to that point. That's how long it took them to get there. Uh, and then the from half track to the finish line, 0.729 seconds. Like, and he was going 294 at the eighth, at the eighth mile, but he grew. He, that's a swing of like 40 miles per hour in 0.29 or 0.729 seconds. Yikes. <laughs> All right. So then we got Justin Ashley and Steve Torrance side by side here, side by side, 368. So we got 3.685 for Justin Ashley at 327 and 3.680 at 3.28 for the Steve Torrance, the Capco boys. Okay, so Justin Ashley grows or grows. He gains three positions. Positions. They both gain three positions. 
uh, on that. Actually, no. St- Torrance came to, he is qualified number three. I'm sorry. He qualified number three. He gained six positions. Justin Ashley gained three positions on that run. Then we got Josh Hart. How about Josh Hart? 3.700 at 329 miles an hour. I tell you what, they got that that RNL carriers machine running on me. They are right there with everyone else. 210, 330. That's right in line with the 69 run there. Uh, remember that part because we're going to come back to that on, on when race day starts. We got Mike Salinas. 2.948 at the eighth mile. 3.678 at 330.31 miles per hour. 819 at the 60 foot blocks. 2.080. He gained six positions on that one. He was next to Antron Brown, who was also making a solid run, but he it was a good run. But it wasn't better, as as Alan Reinhardt says. 3.726 at 327.82 miles per hour. 211 with a 3 on the end at 330. 831.60 foot. And the final four cars did not make full passes. Uh, Doug Kalitta will qualify number one with his career best there. Uh, he did not make a full pass. Leah, Tripp, Britt, and Doug the final four cars did not make full passes. So the performance is there. You know, the performance is there. And it, it's been there all weekend, really. All right. And even in pro stock. So we got a 52. We had 52. There was like low 50s in the pro stock class before the nitro cars fired. So that's telling you the track is good. So how about Chad Green? We're going to start funny car, nitro funny car, session number three. How about Chad Green next to that Supra of J.R. Todd? How about side-by-side low 390s, side-by-side at low 390s, at both over 320? Uh, J.R. Todd's getting the better speed on at 3.910 at 329.34 miles an hour. Chad Green, 3.9. Two eight at 321 miles an hour. They get some help from uh, the Wilkerson's. Daniel Wilkerson uh, tunes that car. So, you know, and we know what dad has been doing all weekend, 85. <laughs> so, um, well, we know what dad has done. Did I get ahead of myself? I don't think he did 85 in this uh, this session. But anyway, so that was a solid pass. Great. Both cars sub 320. To the eighth. How about they were only a thousandth of a second apart at the eighth mile? 3.176 for JR and 3.175 for Chad. So he was actually quicker than JR Todd. He wasn't running as fast though. 278 to JR's 285. Um, so then we had Ron Caps. He was the only one that made a full pass out of that one. Not a lot of funny cars chose to run this session, by the way. Because uh, we all know it's not mandatory. You don't have to come up and bring your stuff up if you don't want to run. Again, these cars are really expensive to run. Uh, so 3.877 at 329.91 miles per hour for the Napa gear wrench vehicle. I still call it the vehicle. I don't want to. I don't want to call it what it is because you know it's not going to be that soon. So uh, he's got a funny car body on it. <laughs> 
Uh, so it, it's going to be different soon. So we'll just have to see what happens. But 3.143 at 284.45 miles per hour, 2.231 at 330. That's a solid run. So how about that third pair that come out? Bob Tasker the third from Motocraft and Cruz Pedragon bringing that snap on makers and fixers. Dodge Hellcat out to the racetrack next to the Mustang. How about side by side 380s? 3.881 at 331.45 miles per hour for Bob Tasca, the third. And then we got Cruz Pedragon. How about JC and the guys? 3.6. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if a funny car is running that, <laughs> we need to check a lot of things. So, no, I'm sorry. 3.8. <laughs> Six one at three hundred twenty eight point fourteen miles per hour. How about three twelve? Three twelve at six sixty. It took him point seven three six seconds to get through that last part of the racetrack. It took Bob Tasker to get uh to get to the finish line uh from half track point uh, seven three two seconds to get there. Um. So let me let's just compare that with the top fuel. So I mean at that point at the racetrack, we talk about the differences in acceleration. At that point in the racetrack, they're moving pretty good at a pretty good clip. Sean Langdon, just to use his as a, his run as an example, from 660 to the thousand foot block, it took him 0.729. Okay, and then look at the, what the funny cars are doing. 0.732 for Bob Tasker, 0.736. For Cruz Pedregon. So they're moving at similar paces down there. Uh, so we got Matt Hagen, who was on a solo. Matt Hagen breaks the back of the class 3.823 at 333.41 miles per hour. It took him. You ready? You guys ready for this? How, no, let's talk about this first. 3.095, 287.53 miles per hour. I hope you can get the just how amazing this is from how excited I am <laughs> because this is crazy. Alan Reinhardt even said it over the PA. That is rare territory for a nitro funny car. 3.09. I mean, look at what the, the, the top fuel cars are below three seconds, but he's below 310. That is really rare territory for a nitro funny car. How about it took him? Let me see. Let me just check this before I say it. Uh, how about he got to the finish line from where he was on the racetrack? So 660 to the 1,000-foot mark. How about he got there quicker than Langdon did at .728 by 1,000th? He got there quicker. And he gained 45.88 miles per hour in 0.72 seconds. I, it, I mean, 0.728 seconds. Like, come on, man. <laughs> All right. And then we got Robert Hyde. He was the fifth uh, one to get down the racetrack. He was next to John Forrest, but John did not make a full pass. Um, Robert, 3.8 Three nine at three hundred thirty three flat miles per hour. 
this is the interesting thing here. So at the eighth mile, 3.111 at 288 for Robert Height. How about he tied Matt Hagen? 0.728 seconds to get from 660 to the 1,000 foot mark. Like, guys, this is this is nuts. This is nutty stuff, man. Like, Dickie Venables issued a shot to Jimmy Proc, and I'll tell you what, I, I feel like it was more of a because uh, there had there there was a low eighty out. There. I mean, we we see the the eighty two. Nobody expected that to pop up on the board. So could there have been an eighty one? Could there have been an eighty? We don't know. You got to race smart, though. You know, are we going to go back out there and get the number one qualifying spot or are we just going to get it set up for race day? You know, that's the kind of balancing act that you got to do here. 2.221 for Robert Height at 330 and 2.195 for Matt Hagen. I have them side by side so I can compare them. Uh, Matt Hagen was quicker on every part of the racetrack. I mean, that was a shot. Nobody was expecting that one. Um, So that's the end. That's how they shaked out at the end of three. So now we're going to transition to race day. That is the conclusion of the race within the race. Uh, Also, Clay Milliken did not get qualified for the Pep Boys because he was not able to out-qualify Sean Langdon. But we're going to see once race day starts, that car is just as good as anybody's out there right now. Um, so we're going to transition into race day. All right. For top fuel dragster round one, the sweet 16 that made the field. I'm going to start doing my uh, March Madness references because it's March now. It's March 1st. Um, so the sweet 16 and top fuel are going to do battle here. The air temperature is 60.3 degrees. The track temperature is 84 degrees. The corrected is 1035, and the density altitude is 1136 feet. In other words, it's fast. It's fast out there. So, in the first pair, we got Sean Langdon for Rev Kim, CMR Construction and Roofing, DHL Toyota, Antron Brown for Hankster for Toyota, Sirius XM, and Matco Tools. Sean Langdon is going to get the win here, 3.699 at 330.47 miles per hour for Jason McCulloch and the rest of the team. 2.971 at 293 miles per hour at the eighth mile. He was 0.45 off the line. Antron Brown, 3.74 at 321 miles per hour. That's not a bad run. That's not a bad run. Uh, but when the other person is running 60s, uh, you just you just kind of have a good view of the the, the wing. <laughs> uh, but it's again, that's that's not nothing to shake a stick at. I finally said that right. I always say it wrong. Okay. <laughs> In the next part, we got the teammates, Brittany Force and Austin Proc. How about, oh, by the way, Sean Langdon was in the left or in the right lane. I'm sorry. Brittany Force for Flavor Pack, Power Solar, JFR Chevy next to Austin Proc, Cornwell, Montana Brand, Rocky Mountain Twist. Austin's going to get into some trouble at the, uh, not at the step, but 
on the racetrack, 410 with the 5, 248 miles an hour. He was 081 off the line. How about Brittany Forrest, 3.671 at 333.49 miles per hour, 2.950 at 296.24 miles per hour at the eighth mile, 2.093 at 330, 830.60. And so that, you know, there was some, some grip or uh, some rumblings that she might have rolled it in a little bit. Uh, 071 in the, on the light, so she got him off the light. By a, a hundredth. So, you know, who knows? Uh, but we usually can tell the story in that 60. Um, so she was in the left lane, by the way. Justin Ashley and Tony Schumacher. This was a wacky one. Justin Ashley for Phillips Connect, Vita C Shot. Toyota coming on board this weekend. How about Crazen, Maynard Family, Skag Tools on the other side of the racetrack for Tony Schumacher, the eight-time champ, Tony Schumacher. And the defending, well, not defending event winner, but the most recent race winner we've had on tour. How about 4026, 303.57 miles per hour to Tony Schumacher's 3.892 at 263 miles per hour. Now, this was a, there's a lot more here than the numbers tell. Um, How about both top fuel cars carry the front end off the line? Tony carried his about 50 or 60 feet longer than Justin did. When the car hit the ground, when the front end tapped the ground as it's supposed to, um, he put out a cylinder. And at the same time in the other lane, Justin put out a cylinder on the same side of the car that Tony did. So we know that, the, the, the you know, this is unburned fuel. So this is just this is unnecessary motion for the engine to make. Um, the engine doesn't get, it's not happy for sure. Uh, Justin pedaled it. He got it to hook back up, just ran out of real estate. How about 303 miles per hour at the other end of the racetrack to Tony's 263. I'm telling you what, if they were running quarter mile still, he'd have he'd have beat him. Uh, they actually had the camera at the, the quarter mile mark t- this week. So it was kind of weird to see who was winning. Uh, but I like that view. Uh, it's more head on. It's not as, you know, I, I tend to like that. They usually change it for, they usually have it for the first session of qualifying because it's just easier to have the camera there for pro stock. And then you go back or you, you start your nitro cars and, you know, the show can go a little bit more efficiently because we don't have to change things. Um, but tire smoke in, in for, for Tony Schumacher. So they just missed the setup, you know, 210. 330 he was on pace to run a 369 just just differences in how the power is applied uh so 829 60 so that car was on a run and so you know when you're when you lose a um a cylinder you're down 1200 horsepower you know just one cylinder is 1200 horsepower so then as he's going down the racetrack he starts to you know, the flames get wacky because, you know, there's unburned fuel also with that fire. And so the engine starts to show green tints in the in the uh, in the flame, which can indicate some copper being burned because that's what color copper burns. There's a few copper parts in the engines, uh, but most it's I don't know if it was a head gasket. There's usually uh, like flashes from the, the bell housing. Um well, not the bell housing, but the, the housing of the engine when it's a, a head gasket. Uh, but 
Tony gets the win. He's in the second round. How about Doug Coletta and Rob Passy? Rob Passy. Rob Passy for seven, two, three enterprises. Next to that Mac Tools, Allen Johnson tuned, Mac Tools, CMR construction and roofing, and RevKim, DHL, Mobile One, a host of the Coletta sponsors. How about Doug Coletta's not going to get the win here? Rob Passy's going to get his first round win. We love that. We love that here on the Nitro Performance Guide. We love those guys getting beaten the beating the dogs, beating the big dogs. Um 4.318 at 263.62 miles per hour to Doug Kalita's 560 at 181 miles per hour, 882 miles per hour, excuse me. How about Rob Passy and Johnny West? Rob Passy was first off the line. 059. Doug Kalita is one of the best levers in the category. 111 off the line. You can't win top fuel these days running like that. So, Jim Maroney, well, they'll be back. They'll be back. We're, nobody's at all worried about Doug Kalita and, you know, Alan Johnson and, oh, maybe he lost his touch. No, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I just think, you know, it takes, when, when you go to a new team, it takes a little bit to uh, assimilate to the team, the way they do things, as well as bringing what you have to offer to the team. There's just a little bit of growing pains, you know, so but I don't think it's going to last too long. I'm not worried about Doug Collette at all. How about Jim Maroney and Mike Salinas? Mike Salinas is going to get the win 3.671 at 331.12 miles per hour. He was qualified number two for team scrappers. He was sub three seconds at the eighth mile and 290 plus at the eighth mile, 2.945 at 294.31 miles per hour. He was 0.8, uh, 0.831 at 60, and he was off the line first. So Jim Maroney for American Flow Tech. They're on the trailer. We're going to see them later this year. 064 for Mike Salinas. That's good. Steve Torrance and Doug Foley. Doug Foley is not going to get down the racetrack. 1204 at 75 miles per hour. Steve Torrance is, on the other hand, going to get down the racetrack for Capco Contractors, Toyota Red Lion Oil. 3.69 or 3.686 at 328.14 miles per hour. I just want to say, guys, that's just a lot of numbers here. <laughs> so, like I said, but we know. We know if I mess up, I'll go back and fix it. I'm not one to sit here and, oh, you know, you know, it, it, it happens. It's fine. We'll get it right. Um, sub three seconds at the eighth mile, 2.954 at 291 miles per hour. Um, so we got Clay Milliken and Trip Tatum in the next pair. Clay Milliken's going to get the win. Three, four parts plus summit at 320 miles per hour he was above three seconds at the eighth mile running 286 um and then they went and talked to mike clover and they said yeah we should be running right with these guys we just haven't writh <laughs> we should be running right with these guys but we just we just been missing it you know this stuff is not easy this stuff is not easy um but the parachute falls out for trip tatum as well that's something to mention um so Leah Pruitt and Josh Hart are the final pair of the first round. Three point. This was a very, very nice race. Very close race. Josh Hart is going to get the win on a hole shot. Going to get 
going to put that sparkling ice rainbow top fuel car on the trailer for Tony Stewart Racing. Leah, quicker but losing. 3.699 at 330 miles per hour. 2.970 at 300 or 293.60 miles per hour. 210 at 330. Josh Hart, 3.705 at 332.10 miles per hour. He was sub three seconds. 2.981. 293.60 miles per hour. So exactly the same speed at the eighth mile. Stout 211, 8 at 330. He was 838 at 60 to Leah's 829. Uh, he was off the line first. Obviously, that's a whole shot. Uh, 093 to Leah's 027. RNL Carriers, Bernie's, TechNet. They're going to the next round. That's a career best speed. For Josh Hart, 332.10 miles per hour. That's amazing. Moving on to the Nitro Funny Cars. We got Tim Wilkerson and Bob Bodie. Tim Wilkerson is going to uncork another 80 for LRS and that Ford Mustang. Ford, that's that country coming out again. 3.870 at 328 miles per hour. 313 at the eighth mile. That's really stout. 088 off the line. Bobby Bodie actually got him off the line. 505 at 150 miles per hour. They did not take Bobby Bodie lightly. They actually did a lane switch as well before that run. Uh, they don't they don't take them lightly because they help them. They know what you know what they are capable of, and they, that car can run in the 80s too. We've seen it. So, in the next pair, we got John Forrest and Jeff Arin. Jeff Arin driving that Russo family vehicle. And then John Forrest for his host of sponsors, Peak, Blue Dev, Cornwell, uh, et al. So, Forrest gets into some trouble, but he's able to get down the racetrack first. 425.0 at 2.11 um, is the speed. 2.228 at 3.30. So that was, I mean, that was on pace to run uh, in the 80s. It just couldn't keep it hooked up for Danny Hood and the guys. They'll put it back together and try it again. How about Robert Height and Paul Lee? Robert Height, 3.864 at 329.42 miles per hour. 313 at the eighth mile. 285.89 at the eighth mile as well. 2.228. That's the exact same 330 that John Forrest ran. So he was on pace to run an 86, but he just couldn't keep the power to the racetrack. Everybody applies the power, the same power, 12,000, a car. Everybody has to apply the rate to, you know, they apply it differently depending on how they set up their car. The NHRA regulates the rules, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> Everybody has a different way of doing it, but everybody, the, the goal is to make the same amount of power everywhere you go, whether it's a 120 degree racetrack or a 60 degree racetrack, which they wouldn't run on, but like an 80 degree racetrack when it's like amazing, they have to, they're, they're trying to make the same power, not more or less the same. Paul Lee crosses the line 948 at 65 miles an hour. Matt Hagen. For power brokers, the power brokers, the Dodge power brokers, Tony, Sh- Tony, I, I just want to say Tony Schumacher, Tony Stewart 
<laughs> racing. Got to get used to saying that. TSR 385.0 at 332.26 miles per hour. How about that? 3.118 at 283 miles an hour at the eighth mile. That's stout. 2.200. I'm sorry. 2. That 2.200. 2.208 uh, at 330. And how about a 849.60? That's getting it in a funny car. That is really getting it. Uh, so that SRT gets down the racetrack. Uh, in stunning fashion. Uh, but how about it's just a right time, right place at the right time kind of sport. How about an 85, 86, 87, and 425 are some of the winning times, you know? But it's it's that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Um, Cruz Pedregon and Jeff Deal. Cruz is going to get the win. He's not going to be on the gas going through the lights. 431 at two. Uh, 13 going through the lights and then Jeff deal, the surfer uh, 6.08 at 116 miles per hour. Nitro go, go the surfer. So, but they're going to bow out to the makers and fixers edition. Then we got Ron caps and Jim Campbell. Jim Campbell makes a nice run. That's a solid run for them. 402 at 311. That's a car that you have to beat. That car is going to go down the racetrack every time because that's how Jim Dunn, big Jim Dunn, that's how he sets it up. We're not going to run 382, you know, but if that guy or girl messes up in the other lane, we're going to be there. Uh, unfortunately, they just they just didn't have that opportunity this this race. 3.849 at 331.20 miles per hour, 212 at the eighth mile. 286 44 221.7 at the 330 mark 865 for Napa Gear Wrench. They're gonna get it done. They're gonna go to the next round. We got more. Chad Green and Bob Tasca. Bob Tasca gets the win. This is a nice pair. How about Chad Green? This is a perfect example of that. If he had just been if he had been lined up next to John Force, he'd be moving on to the next round. John Force won the race with a 425. Chad Green loses the race with a 494.6 at 320 miles an hour. Full run, and he's going home. You're going to see that again later. You're going to see that again later. 3.915 at 327 miles per hour for Mike Neff and the boys. 317 at the eighth mile, 281 uh, for Bob Tasca, the third. He was in the right lane. Uh, we haven't really focused on the lanes. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's necessary because I mean they the, the lanes are even. I, I don't think it's ever a, a racetrack that they go to these days. I mean, except that rare occasion with Indy last year, uh, but that was due to due to the rain, you know. So if the the track is good, the weather's good. There's, I mean, the lanes are equal these days. There's no one lane racetrack anywhere, and. If somebody thinks that it is, I will challenge them on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. J.R. Todd and Alexis DeJoya, the Toyota teammates. Not actual teammates, but the Toyota teammates for Bandero Premium Tequila for Alexis DeJoya. Rocket phones. In the other lane, we got DHL, CMR Construction and Roofing, Toyota Seal Masters, Coletta Mobile One. Uh, J.R. Todd is not going to make a full pass. 430 with the three on the end, 285. He left first, 
but he won't get to the finish line first. This is the first time also, this was the marquee matchup, and it's also the first time the Toyota Gazoo Super GR was side-by-side in competition. So that's awesome. In actual race day competition, they had been lined up in qualifying, so that's considered competition too. But this was the first time on race day, so that's history. Uh, Alexis DeJoya. Getting it done, 3.944 at 324.59 miles per hour. 319 at the eighth mile. Dale and Dickey just, you know, or Dale and Dickey. Dale and Nikki Bonafonte. Dale Worsham and Nikki Bonafonte um, just decided to, you know, get it down the racetrack. We ha- Like Dean Antonelli said before, there's we have zero chance of winning if we smoke the tires. Or next to zero because... Crazier things have happened. All right, let's go on to the Elite Eight in Top Fuel. Round two, we got Rob Passy and Josh Hart. Josh Hart's going to get the win. 3.787 and 319 miles per hour. There was some flash of green flames going through the lights. Uh, Let's back up just a little bit uh, for the air temperature and the surface temperature. The surface is 100 degrees. The air temperature is 68 degrees. The track temp dictates how much grip you're going to have that that's essential um all the other stuff makes you know is essential as well but the track temp is really what you know dictates how much power you can put to the ground and how quickly you can put it to the ground in the next pair we got Brittany Force and Steve Torrance this is a final round right here in the second round Brittany Force is going to take the loss on this one. She was 032 off the line. Um, can't do that these days. Uh, it happens, you know. But when Steve Torrance is 075, which is not stellar, by the way. That's not a stellar ET or, or, or a reaction time for, or for a top fuel guy or girl. But it was quicker than the other guy. Or a girl, you know, and she was quicker than him on the racetrack. 3.709 at 330. And Steve Torrance, 3.710 at 325. But she left second and, you know, Steve got there first. You know, he was able to keep her at bay. Both cars, sub three seconds. Both cars, sub 311 at 330. Uh, 210 for Brittany and 209 for Steve 829 for Brittany at 60 and 827 for Steve. Uh, So they were about, you know, two tenths apart going down the racetrack. So and that's that's what it came down to at the other end of the racetrack. We got Sean Langdon and Mike Salinas. This was a great side by side race. Uh, Mike Salinas is going to get it done. Three point six nine two at three hundred and thirty. 0.55 0.55 miles per hour to Sean Langdon's very respectable 3.726 at 328 miles per hour. Both cars were sub three seconds. 299 for Sean Langdon and 296 at 293 for Mike Salinas. 291 for Sean Langdon. So there's still that car is really, really moving well through the racetrack. Um, so it's that's great that. You know, he's got a race car again, and you could just see the confidence. It beams from him. Then we in the last pair, we got Clay Milliken and Tony Schumacher. Tony's not going to get down the racetrack for Kazen Collision Center, Okuma, Skag, and the Maynard family. Clay Milliken, on the other hand, for Parts Plus Summit Racing, 
that machine is going to get down the racetrack first. 3.752 at 325 miles per hour. He was just above three seconds at the eighth mile, 288 as well at the eighth mile. From the 13th qualifying position, he's on to the semifinals. He's going to face Josh Hart. Uh, let me see. There we go. All right. So moving on to Nitro Funny Car. We got Tim Wilkerson and Cruz Pedragon. How about side by side? Again, again, 3.905 for Cruz Pedragon, 326. But that's going to be in a losing effort. Tim Wilkerson, 3.856 at 331. 0.45 miles per hour. How amazing is it to see that LRS Ford performing like that? We know what Cruz can do. He's got JC. He's got John Collins. We know what they can do. So, but we also know that Tim Wilkerson can can run down there. He but he hasn't run these kind of numbers in a long time. So he can run in the 80s, but he hasn't run like mid 80s in a long time. So that's really cool to see 312 at the eighth mile. Uh, 316 for Cruz. So it was, you know, by a must by about a, the size of a Mustang. He Tim will get the win. I don't have the exact figure this week, but it's okay. Levi Ray Shoop Ford. Re- Levi Ray and Shop Ford. We're gonna say that. I don't know. I don't know which one it is. We're gonna have to figure that out. Matt Hagen and Alexis DeJoria in that GR Supra next to the TSR Dodge. Of Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen is going to get it down there. He's going to get it down there first. 3.864 at 329 miles per hour to a respectable 3.941 at 324. Again, just getting it down the racetrack. But, I mean, Matt Hagen, he's a number one qualifier. So you kind of got to throw the kitchen sink at it. But, again, everybody races differently. That Bandero Premium Tequila Toyota, we will see them in Gainesville. Uh, Matt Hagen is going to get it done. 313 at the 8th mile, 284 as well as the as well at the 8th mile. <laughs> 2.215855 foot. I tell you what, Dickie Venables and John Mellon, they are getting that car moving quickly. They're getting that car moving quickly. So Next, we have John Forrest and Ron Caps. How many times have these two lined up? Lots of history, NHRA history on the line. 18 combined funny car world championships on the line. We got Ron Caps for Napa. Gear wrench. Runs a 86 with a 9 and loses. He runs a 386-9 at 327 and he loses. To John Forces, 3.902 at 329.42 miles per hour. Now, we talked about it, and John will make no bones about it, okay? He uses the seven inches that every every competitor has. Everybody has it. It just kind of cheats the reaction time. So, I mean, looking at the incremental numbers, I'm not sure he was going that much quicker, but I would say he was. he ran about a... Uh, 8.94. I'd say he'd run an 88.87 if he would have, you know, staged it the way, you know, most, you know, stage it shallow. That's usually what they, what they recommend. But John, he's been doing this a long time and he does that for Peak Blue Death, Cornwell, Chevy, 
Monster Montana Brand at oh, I'm gonna be saying that a lot. Um, it was a whole shot win, but you know, but here's the other thing: Ron Caps uncharacteristically late, 121 off the line. That's not like him. So um, they'll get it fixed and they'll put it back together, and then we'll see them in Gainesville. So in the final pair of round two, the final eight, the elite eight. We got Bob Task of the third in the left lane and Robert Height in the right. Robert's going to get the win 3.855 at 330.55 miles per hour for Auto Club Southern. For Auto Club of Southern California, Cornwell, Chevy, Power Solar, and Monster. They're going to put that Motorcraft Quick Lane Ford Shelby on the trailer 3.922 at 332.8. Four miles per hour for Bob Task of the third for Mike Neff and John Schaefer. That's a good run, you know, but if it had been lined up next to, let me see, let me just look here. Um, I'm not sure it would have beat anybody else. Yeah, it would have beat Alexis and I'm not sure it would have beat, it would have beat John as well. I don't know. But anyway, the point is you got to be on your stuff out here right now. (laughs) And, you know, it's normal. We're all human. These are humans controlling these vehicles, both in the driver's seat and the one, you know, turning the wrenches, the one, you know, that are putting this, you know, the the tune ups in the car. Um, So the final four of top few, Josh Hart, Clay Milliken, Mike Salinas and Steve Torrance. And then the funny car final four, Robert Height, John Forrest, Tim Wilkerson, and Matt Hagen. How about in Nitro Funny Car, number one, two, three, four qualifiers are in the final four. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, you got number 13 that snuck up there in top fuel with Clay Milliken, but you know, you got number two uh in, in that in that field. So it, there's more a little bit more parody. In the in the top fuel class up there, but you know you got one, two, three, four qualify on the qualifying sheet in the final four in Nitro Funny Car. That's pretty cool. Um, so for the next part of the show, we're gonna have um, Darren. We're gonna have Andrew. We're gonna have D Bland on here, and we're gonna go through it with them. We're gonna do the same thing I just been doing, but we're gonna have conversations in between for the last two rounds of Nitro. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the video game and the the um, the uh, expectations for that uh, and looking forward to Gainesville. So it's going to be a fun time. I'm excited for you to hear these people. They are great. I respect them. Uh, so with that, we're going to have them. Everyone, we have them here. We have D. Bland from the Not Bland Show, and we have American Hot Rod Entertainment here. We have Darren Williams Jr. here. Welcome, man. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me, TJ. Honored to be on again. This is this gonna be fun. I can't wait. Yeah, I, hey, I, I figured out how to get people on the show, so <laughs> I'm gonna do that because that seems to be what people do. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna just go right back into it. Um, I left off at the semis, so we're just gonna jump right into it. I'll just ask you guys what's going on, and you know these might be things you might not have noticed. So because I know I didn't notice them. So in the semifinal round here, 
the track temp was 104, 104 degrees. So that's still in the, the zone of we can still get it after it. Uh, you know, the air was 72.6 degrees. Uh, and those really are the only ones we're going to talk about because as we talked about, as I talked about earlier, I mean, there was no one lane racetrack. Each track was great or each lane was great. It was so, solid racetrack. Yes. Yeah, solid prep. Uh, it was good. So jumping right into the semifinals, top four. Did you guys think that we would see this top four? Josh Hart, number eight qualifier, Clay Milliken, number 13, Mike Salinas, number two, and Steve Torrance, number three. Did you see, did you think we would see this group of people? We'll start with you, D. Blair. Two out of the two out of the four. Two out of the four I thought might be there. I see. And I think I know who those two are. <laughs> Darren, yeah. how about you? Um, I would say three out of the four, actually. You know, obviously Josh Hart wasn't running the huge numbers like we've seen all the other guys, but you know, they run a good consistent car over there. So I wasn't surprised to see Josh Hart in the semifinals. I think we can all be in agreement that I think Clay Milliken was the one we were mostly surprised at being the see in the semifinals. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that one, we had in the first one, we had Josh Hart and Clay Milliken. Clay Milliken gets the win. 369 with a three at 330.15 miles per hour. Does it in style for Parts Plus Summit Racing? Where did that come from? Where did it come from, right? And they, you know, you hear Joe Costello on the line goes like, hey, where did that come from? And Clover's like, hey, we've just been missing it. We've just been missing it. And, I mean, you can see with the in, in the incremental numbers, they were just missing it. And they got it. They got it right when they needed it because Josh Hart was 3.739 at 329 miles per hour. I'm telling you guys, 330. I mean, your car needed to be close to it or exceeding that this weekend. Uh, If not, you're going home. And even we'll see in the next couple pairs in Funny Car, that doesn't even save you. You could go 330 and lose. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, Clay was like 820 to 60 feet. Like... (laughs) Yes, that, that car yes. was getting it. That Jack. is getting it, getting the car moving early. Uh, and he left second. Josh Hart left first, 055 to 057. Uh, both cars were, well, Josh Hart was right at three seconds flat at the eighth mile, 290 miles per hour in three seconds. I just, these cars. But Clay Milliken, he did better than that. 2.964 miles per hour for the win. He's going to get lane choice. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I watch a lot of the, uh, you know, Clay Milliken on YouTube, and I love that he does that. I really do. Because yeah. uh, Clay is such a great, positive, upbeat voice for our sport, you know. Um, but to hear them, and the, the, my favorite part of every episode is when they're in the trailer, when uh, him and Clover in the trailer, and Clay knows a decent amount about these cars. Like, you know, some drivers, they just get in the car and drive, but some, right. not, unlike them, Clay Milliken, like, knows the car. Like, he was asking questions like, oh, is that where we did this? Or I felt that. Or, you know, that's huge. That's invaluable to a crew chief. You know, Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we got to think about that. I mean, I think it's great what he's doing over there on the YouTube channel, you know, and uh, when are we going to see that uh, that Clay Milliken versus Justin Swanstrom race, uh, you know, yeah. with the, the no prep Lexus and a guess, top your <laughs> jack shot. I really want to see it. I mean, we all know who's going to win, but I really want to see that. That'd be really cool promotion for for both sides, I think. It Absolutely. would. I agree. Def- 
Yeah, mutually beneficial. And we're going to talk about that. I think with this video game, uh, especially with the same company that made the Street Outlaws games, I think this is a really good opportunity for us. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We got another <laughs> we got another top fuel semifinal. Mike Salinas and Steve Torrance. Mike Salinas, 369-3 at 322.19 miles per hour. They thought he was done. They thought he was done. 2.958, 292 miles per hour at the eighth mile. Uh, 830-60. He left second. He did not leave first. (laughs) He did. Yeah. Steve Torrance, 5 98-1 98-1 at, at 121 miles per hour. Did anybody expect that to happen? I know I didn't. I did. Um, you know, Mike Salinas has been, um, since the last half of that season, last seven races of the season, he's been very strong. Um, and he's kind of had Steve Torrance's number. Um, and uh, this season they've come out, they've come out and hit, Quite early, he's done a good job on the tree. Uh, missed a little bit there. Uh, what I find interesting, though, in the incrementals, especially when you look at Clay, Clay was getting it, as you like to say, uh, was throwing the coals to it earlier <laughs> in the run. But it looks like they were getting after it like 3.30, 3.30 in the 6.60 mark. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where the car was really getting after it. The, 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 six, the 60-foot time really wasn't indicative to what the car ran down yeah, track exactly so, um but yeah i i'm not surprised by this at all um and i expect more of this this from them this season actually yeah yeah darren and so just going back off the mike selena steve torrance thing so obviously we saw steve torrance smoke the tires early but here's the thing you know we've been talking a lot about you know all the changes changes in the offseason you know uh alan johnson going over to doug coletta uh jason mccullough to sean langdon the return of tony schumacher but we haven't talked a lot about Steve Torrance. And then he comes out the first two races and we're not seeing the same performance from Steve Torrance like we used to seeing. And we're like, oh man, what's going on? Well, he said on a Fox broadcast, he's been saying, well, we've been doing pretty much the same thing the past four years. We're trying to, we're trying some new stuff. We're trying to evolve now. Well, yeah. they're trying new stuff. They're trying to evolve two consecutive semifinals, trying new stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. So just imagine. Got a point. Right? So yeah. just imagine when they get to uh, mid-season form, we could be seeing the dominant Steve Torrance again. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're going out there testing, trying new stuff. You're going to back-to-back semifinals to start the year. That's not right. too shabby. That's not too no, shabby at all. So, not at all. So, yeah. even though, so even though Steve Torrance, you know, he's laying down good runs. You know, he, obviously he's not, you know, the best performing top of the dragster out there, but he's still going around. So for yeah. that team to be trying stuff and still going rounds, I mean, watch out. But, you know, not surprised by Mike Salinas, you know, a great run. 369 with a three at 322 miles per hour. But like we talked about earlier uh, yesterday on the post-race show, uh, he, he, uh, he was driving all around the racetrack in all four rounds. You know, he had cylinders yeah. out down track. So um, Mike Salinas, you know, uh, driving like he's in that pro mod car yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> he he likes to <laughs> – I love Mike Salinas. But, hey, it's our job to drive – I always say it. I have to be a good driver because it's my job to judge how other people drive cars. So uh, – Mike Salinas, uh, there's a few others who sometimes take the long way down the racetrack. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, just, just look how imp- – and it doesn't help that the tires are spinning all the way down the racetrack. And on the big end, when they're really getting down there, 
you know, the car is just kind of sashaying and it's, you know, they're not moving that much, especially in a top fuel car. In a funny car, you know, they're, you know, they're going like this on a straight mm-hmm. run, right? Mm-hmm. And that's which, that is crazy. Speaking, that's a great segue. Darren, you know, I do the great segues. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. <laughs> can, I, can I say one thing, though, before we move into the final round? Can I say one thing? Go for it. Because I've been waiting to do this all year. I was like, I'm going to do this on my, on, like the post-race show if Clay ever went rounds. And I don't know Good. if you guys seen. I don't know if you guys seen Coming to America, but I, I've been waiting to do this all, all, all off season. Okay, give it to us. His mama call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, uh, yes, sir. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, I grew up with that movie, so yes, always welcome. Funny car, funny car. How about the top four? In funny car, the final four. I've been using a lot of basketball references because you know it's March. Uh, the top four qualifiers get to the semifinals. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like in top fuel, look at the parody. But but look at the, look at the stories that each class is telling you. Hey, this is anybody's game, kind of thing. Watch Torrance is figuring it out. That is kind of scary. I just want to make a comment on that. That is very scary. They're trying things and they're still making it to the semifinals. So. Yeah. Yeah, we need to watch on that. Um, but and, and if I had to guess, it, it would be trying to match the performance of that monster car because that car can run 60s. We know it can run 60s, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to be as aggressive incrementally as Britney's. That could be something they're trying to you know work on. Just just who knows? Uh, but to, you got to match. I mean, I say it all the time this she doesn't have this one anymore but you know britney right here you know that's the best car in the world you got to beat that car you know Mm -hmm. if she gets a consistent car we're going to talk about another guy who has a consistent car you know we we need to just continue to wait but like i said i don't think anybody's worried about anybody that isn't really doing well right now uh but the top four in funny car robert height number two john force number three how about that tim wilkerson number four how about that one Right. And then Matt Hagen for the power brokers, number one. So in that first pair, we got Tim Wilkerson and Matt Hagen. This is the heartbreak of the day, gentlemen. This is literally the heartbreak of the day. How do you run 385 and lose? Got to get off the starting line quicker. Simple as that. That's true. Simple as that. Gotta get That's off true. The starting line quicker. That's true. Because he did not leave. He left second. Uh, Matt Hagen, 387 with a five, 332.18. 332.18 sub 320 to the eighth mile 314 to 284 for Matt Hagen and then in the other lane we got 385 333.16 miles per hour getting it out the back in for Levi Ray and shout 312 how about 312 to the eighth mile that is getting to be some, you know, some some rare territory right there in a funny car. Yes, sir. 287, 84, 865, 8 to a 859, 859 for Matt Hagen. That's an aggressive 60 foot for a funny car. <laughs> Things are heavy. And to get to get them moving like that, like what what do you guys think of the, the, the showing that we've seen from Tony Stewart racing? It's just the poise to me, the professionalism. What are you guys seeing? being bought, brought from the circle world into our world now. Darren, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, well, you know, 
first of all, Tony Stewart's a winner. So, you know, he's just going to bring that winning attitude over to the NHRA. But I mean, are we really surprised with seeing how Matt Hagan's running? I mean, obviously, you know, a new team, but it's technically still the same team that came over from Dodge right. from Racing, Nicky right. Venables, Mike Knutson. And I mean, they pretty much just picked off, picked up right where they left off from last year. But uh, just great performance all weekend long for Matt Hagan and that whole Tony Stewart racing team. Uh, like I said, qualified number one, that amazing 382 on Saturday afternoon. I mean, just basically blistered the racetrack. My phone blew up when uh, when when they, uh, when they he ran at 382. Everybody's like, did you just see that? Did you see that? I'm like, unfortunately not. I got a lot of obligations this weekend. I got, I got to watch it later. I got, unfortunately, I got to watch it later. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah but, but, yeah, but that's just how crazy it was. We haven't seen low 80s like that since the sacred funny car layback header era. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do... We're going to come back. We're gonna, the three of us, we're going to talk about that is my favorite era of Nitro Funny Car. I've been a Nitro I Funny agree. Car fan since I started. D-Bland, we're going to get to you, but I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> when I see a low 380 pop on the board, I was so shocked to see that 82. So, oh, they're not playing this year. They're not playing. But again, who's surprised? Dickie Venables. And, and you know, come on, Jimmy Proc. They They – they trade back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. they, they do that. So it wasn't a shock, but it was cool to see D bland. What you got? Tony's a professional. Um, he, he's everything he touches. Um, he makes sure that um, it's going to be successful. If it's not, mm-hmm. he's going to do everything that he can to make sure that it is. Um, you know, Tony has always been about winning on and off the track. Uh, so it's not a surprise. And again, piggybacking off of Darren. I mean, he did the right thing. Uh, you're bringing a whole team over that was successful. Um, I like how Matt is is being as a driver. Uh, he seems to be more loose. Uh, maybe that's just uh, uh, the ability of him as far as the team goes. He's able to do that and be himself. Um, but uh, yeah, this team this team is is definitely right now carrying the banner, um, and they kind of have to. And and that's not any fault of the second team, but. You know, because they have a, a whole new, uh, you know, a whole new group that's trying to learn and, you know, learn themselves and, and get a, a kind of collective uh, groove going. Um, yeah. But no, not a surprise at all with what Matt's doing in that team. All right. Isn't yeah. It, can I say one thing, though? Isn't it Go cool for it. to see how all in Tony Stewart is, though? Like yeah, to, see him, to, see, yeah. to see him fist pumping all his crew crew guys after the run and stuff like that. I, that's just yeah. just so cool. You know how he just really just embraced NHRA drag racing. We've known that, but it's just it's still cool to see. I I really mm-hmm. love seeing that when I watch the Phoenix broadcast. Just seeing how pumped oh, up yeah. he is. Me you know? too. Yeah, he's not just someone who's throwing money at it and going. You know, he shows up to maybe one race a year. He's there mm-hmm. and he's showing you. And Darren, I remember when this first happened. I texted you and we were talking about it. This is going to be great for us when they were dating. When they started dating, I said, this is going to be great for us. I said it. He did. And then and then the guy drives a top fuel car down Z-Max. I said, okay. All right. I didn't I didn't call the, the owner, but I knew there was going to be some involvement because he just liked it so much. Like, mm-hmm. this guy can drive anything. He's driven mm-hmm. so he's driven so many cars to the championship level. Like, and then he gets into one of our cars, like the baddest hot rods on the planet, right? And so he already said he would not get in a funny car. So, <laughs> but, but jumping back in the funny car, I don't blame him either. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> I love funny car, but I don't know that that's a lot. Takes I, a real I'd rather, set. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have the engine behind me and I'd rather, you know, finesse, 
<laughs> rather yeah. than you know drive they say you drive a funny car you point a top fuel car i think that's interesting that's funny but okay so in the next one we had the teammates jfr in the semifinals john force in the semifinals right i I love it are you you surprised you said that like you're surprised or something (sighs) well after after i was so upset with pomona i was just kind of (laughs) like And, and and I'm not mad at him. I'm just like, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just like, again, because we say it on every show. It, this stuff is hard. This stuff is hard. We know. But I'm just like, come on, Danny. Come on. <laughs> come on, Tim Breezy. But again, they, they're not. I don't think when I, I think when I made the podcast about last week, I, I'm not worried. Nobody's worried about John Forrest. Nobody's worried about him. He's he's as good as he's been in years. And he, the way he's walking, his swagger, he's, I mean, he's got brute force on the car. John Brute Force as the name. Like, he's feeling it. Y'all all like, in, aren't y'all? Don't, <laughs> hey, hey, don't hey. let him fool you when he gets at the end of the race. And he's talking about, oh, these kids, I got to beat these kids. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, you're still he's just John talking Ford. a bunch of stuff. He, <laughs> he, he, ain't, he, ain't be, he ain't believing none of that. No, okay. he's, he still he's still hey, John Forrest. He's still John Forrest. Hey, D. Bland, you're talking to two big John Forrest fans right now. Hey, <laughs> I love, hey, I love Cruz too. I, I D. Bland, I know. No, no, I'm a huge John Forrest fan. I, I do. As a matter of fact, right here in the back, I've got like two cars back here in a hauler. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I've got a, I, I think I sent you that picture. I've got a really good picture of him. Um, But um, I'm just saying, I think it's Robert's year and I, I called it. I you know Robert had to do some laying down last year, but Robert ain't laying oh, down this goodness. year. Oh um, goodness! But I, okay, let's just hold say that. this. <laughs> I think I think John Force's car is better than Robert's though. It just got a yeah. bad case of the wobbles right now. It's doing <laughs> the wobble going down the track. That's all. It's just doing the wobble. Okay. Well, speaking of the wobbles, let's talk about this run because it it did did exactly that. Robert had three point eight four seven nasty 326 points 63 miles per hour yeah i was kind of concerned with that speed i'm kind of looking i mean he was 288 at the eighth mile that thing should have run over 330 so i wonder if he put out a hole going through the lights um he let me see he did not leave first but we know john likes to he likes to stage in texas so it's okay and he he makes no bones about it you know i i love the ar he makes no bones about it i don't hey you got Everybody can use it. Everybody can use it. So right. I'm going to use it. Use. Why not? But it didn't work for him this week. 723. At that, that's actually his competition number, which is cool, at 86 miles per hour. So we got one peak Chevrolet going to the finals. It won't be John, though. Uh, so we have the potential to have the one of the quickest Nitro Funny Car final rounds in history. So I was excited for this one to pull up. The anytime Dickie Venables is on one side and Jimmy Proc is on the other, you need to watch the scoreboard because they're gonna if they get past three hundred feet with flames up, watch the scoreboards. <laughs> we forget about the other six hundred or so feet. If they get past three hundred feet, those cars are going through the finish line over three thirty something, mm-hmm. three eighty something. Hands down, hands down. So in the final, I think. I was kind of surprised by this. I didn't expect Matt to smoke the tires. Uh, but Robert Height, another 380. 3.837 at 330 miles per hour. He does it in style for peak 
Cornwell, Chevy, Triple S of Southern California. Like yes, I'm telling you what, that that's good. That's I, and, and that's number two on the year number fifty five of his career. He beats Matt Hagen, who four hundred four five, which is not what we expected them to run at two sixty seven. Uh, 883 60 for Matt Hagen. So I wonder if that car was just a little, it's just a little soft. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight. I mean, he ran 859 in the previous session at 60. So the car just wasn't moving. Robert 864 at the 60 foot block. So I, I don't think Matt led very long. Uh, so because let me see, he did leave first. 064 to an 80. Uh, so Robert definitely probably made that up by 60. What do you guys think about the performance that we saw from the AAA of Southern California Chevrolet this weekend? Darren, let's start with you. Well, let's start off with this. Putting an exclamation point in the final, right? Low ET of eliminations in the final round. That's putting an exclamation point on it, right? I mean, it's a, style. A, a badass run. 383 with a 7 at 330 miles per hour. Second consecutive win in a row. Becomes the first guy since Matt Hagen did it in 2017 to win the first two races to start the season. Matt Hagen did that previously two years earlier in 2015. And you have to go back to 2009 when Ron Caps did it. So uh, a lot of DSR guys went in uh, back-to-back races. I know, I know Hagen's with Tony Stewart now, but he was with Don Schumacher Racing when they, when they did well, it. For a long time. Yeah. 2017. But um, yeah. man, you know, I mentioned yesterday on the post-race show, we had an old fat, we're in Phoenix, right? We had an old-fashioned shootout in Nitro Funny Cars. So Matt Hagen, 385 in the first round to Robert Heights, 386. Then you move in the second round, Matt Hagen goes 386 to Robert Heights, 385. So both 35, 36, the first two rounds of competition. Matt Hagen, 387 in the semifinals, Robert Heights, 384. I mean, these guys just taking shots back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, old-fashioned shootout. Then we get to the final round, and uh, like I said, I was a little disappointed that Hagen didn't, didn't get down the track. You know, I want to see side-by-side 380s. And like we saw in Pomona with uh with Ron Caps and uh and Robert Height, unfortunately Matt Hagen ran into trouble and Robert Height was able to uh sail on through for the win, second consecutive win in a row. And I think the big thing now is to see. So we know the combination of Jimmy Proc and Robert Height, one of the greatest driver crew chief duels of all time, no question, no question. Three championships, uh, fifty five wins. I mean, you know, so obviously a great combination. Here's the thing: Jimmy Proc is a very streaky crew chief. And we saw them have a full great season in 2019. Like 19, they put together a full season that year to win the championship. Yeah. But like I mentioned yesterday, you go back to 2010. They won three races in a row, middle of the season. They fell off. Mm-hmm. Come back 2012, John Force wins the Winter Nationals. Robert Height goes four in a row to start four in a row after John wins, wins the Winter Nationals. He wins Phoenix. He wins Gainesville. He wins Las Vegas. He wins Charlotte. Didn't hear from him the rest of the year. I'm looking now to see. They've gone back to that clutch setup they had in 2019 when they had that great year, that full great year. Let's see if Jimmy Proc, Robert Hyde, Chris Cunningham could put together a full season here in 2022. Because I'm a big Robert Hyde fan. You know, if John Force can't win it, I want to see Robert Hyde win it. So yeah. let's see if I, I can't. Dang. I, I know I'm supposed to be biased, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if they can put a full, full season together and, uh, and have another great year like they had in 2019 and get another championship. Yes. D. Bland, Robert Hyde, and the performance that we're seeing. 383. I just want I wanted to read this before I even ask you that. 383, 384, 383, 386, 385, 384, 383. We said it yesterday. He's made 14 runs this season. 13 of them have been in the 380 zone. Yes, sir. 
I called I mean, that semifinals and the finals uh, in the chat. I called that 84 yeah, you did. semifinals. <laughs> you did. I smelled that one coming. I'm like, if they don't come with 84, he coming with 84. And I figured they would be a pair of 83s, and I thought they might be a pair of 82s that come out of that one if they both ran pretty well. Um, it's impressive, man. But I, you know, when I heard I heard Darren yesterday with those stats, and I I had forgotten about that. And mm-hmm. that that is a thing. Um, you just have to wait and see. Right now they're on a hot streak and you win another race. Let's say you come into Gainesville. It's a, a very, um, very good track, about the same as Phoenix. Uh, you're going to mm-hmm. have a little bit of humidity, but at the, at the end of the day, uh, conditions are going to be good. They're normally good. The track conditions are always good. And, um, you know, for a car that's been quite consistent, if they come out and steal a, another win or just dominate and, and win. Uh, that's three wins, three wins. And you, Three wins likely puts you in the countdown and you don't have to do anything else. <laughs> go out, qualify, go a couple rounds, don't stink up the joint, and you get in the countdown. Um, but the question is, are we going to see them go from here to the top to dropping off? That's the question. Well, real quick, D. Bland, the most anybody wanted Funny Car last year was three wins. You know, that was the key mm-hmm. number. Um, Bob Tasca, John Force, and Matt Hagen. And, uh, yeah, those three drivers won three races last year. That was the key number. So, right. well, you know, like you said, three wins. I mean, with how competitive Funny Car is, three wins kind of puts you right. up there. Puts you right yeah. in there. So Yeah, for sure. And it, it's just – it's incredible to see. When, and I get, I get so impressed, I, the little kid in me. When two of these things get down there and we're trying to decide the race by thousands of a second, we're talking about 12,000 horsepower mm-hmm. cars, each car. Like you tell people about it, they go, oh, that's two cars. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like when you take t- when you take people to the racetrack and they just hear one go down and you go, hey, it's even better with two. <laughs> with 24,000 horsepower. Like that, these numbers are inconceivable. But I say that to say, to get these cars to be consistent in, in where the, the throw it at the, I, I've been saying it, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to put it on a shirt. When we have conditions that state, and I quote, bring your kitchen sink and throw it at the racetrack. We know who's going to do well. We know who's going to rise to the top, but I mean, you could run 389 this week and you wouldn't even get lane choice. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. it is nuts out there. So we're gonna be, we're gonna be watching that funny car class really close. I mean that's that always entertains. It always lives up to what we expect it to be. I mean, and it's always been like that as far as I can back as I can remember. You know, when I was a kid and I first got into it, two thousand three is when I first really got into and started following, and just to watch. Even then, just to see how close everything was. So the Nitro Funny Car class has always been entertaining. I'd like to see a little parody, but if I don't, that Robert Hyde fan in me is going to be okay. <laughs> you know, because I, <laughs> I, I like to see that AAA of Southern California Chevy get it, you know, especially after the year they had last year. You know, they just couldn't catch a break. And you were just wondering. You knew it. They would, co- they would roll up there. It would be Friday night. And, you know, okay, here we go. This is Jimmy Proc, Chris Cunningham, Robert Hyde conditions. 
stink the bed, you know, or there was a couple of times that they did it, you know, but there was a couple, there was a few more times that Ron Caps in that Napa Hellcat at the time, because I don't refer to it as a Hellcat. <laughs> it's funny, uh, but I, I, it's a, a funny car body. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, like Ron Caps was taking a lot of those number one qualifiers from him last year. So, and that's something that, I mean, but that Ron Caps car, Dean Antonelli, they can, they can be aggressive. They are just more on the conservative. I wouldn't call them conservative. I would call them closer to conservative, but still pretty aggressive when they need to be because they've, they've lost some close races. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a matter of as if I'm the crew chief, okay, I got to get my cars down the racetrack. Okay. But I don't want to get beat. Like, look at Tim Wilkerson. How about that? 385 you know but again like darren said the drivers got to do their job you gotta with these cars being as close as they are and nhra kind of does their best on making sure they stay close you know you gotta get you gotta do your job and get off the line first i mean somebody it's two car it's two cars four cars when we go to four wide somebody's gonna be last off the line somebody is but don't let it be you yes (laughs) exactly exactly don't let it be you (laughs) So in the top fuel final, guys, we had Clay Milliken, number 13 qualifier. I tell you what, I love seeing Clay Milliken win. I grew up watching him race in the IHRA, and that's why it's so cool to see Doug Foley doing well. He's got a race car. I love seeing it happen on the NHRA side. Uh, But we know Mike Clover and Clay haven't got that win together yet, and I'm still waiting for it. I want to say, guys, I was quite intrigued by the numbers in this final i was expecting you know like throw down record you know whatever we got mid 70s <laughs> we got mid 70s we got some pretty conservative runs in the top fuel final at one of the most performance-based nhra events we've seen in a long time i was quite quite interested in that still a good drag race you know Mike Salinas leads first, 375 with a one, 328. Still big speed on the top end of the racetrack. Clay Milliken, 376, nine, 322. He was three seconds flat <clears throat> pretty much to the eighth mile, 288. Uh, 841 to Mike Salinas' 838. So Mike Salinas was quicker to 60 foot, but he had a little work to do. It looks like, uh, you know, he was, oh, they, they kind of traded back and forth. Uh, two thirteen two for Clay Milliken at three thirty, and then two thirteen one for Mike Salinas. So it's like they went to each other's crew, uh, crew spots and went, okay, we're gonna back it down a little bit. You guys should do it too. And I mean, because just okay. look at how close they are. Like if one car would have fell off, I mean, both of these cars can run sixties, and we know they can run low seventies. So we didn't even see that, and and the conditions were there. Look at Robert Height. In the tracks right before this pair, 383. <laughs> but I mean, not bad runs, not bad nah, runs, not but not what we expected to see. So, D Blaine, what you got on that? Um, I think I, I think they knew. I think it's one of these things that you take what the defense is giving you. And um, this is one of these things that they knew they didn't need a 69 to go out there. Uh, they were playing it smart. Um, you know, you kind of knew what Clay was running all day long. If they were to pull a 69 out of the hat again, I think they were willing to live with that. Uh, you know, the Salinas crew was willing to live with that and take that loss 
uh, if they were to pull a, a 69 out of the hat and beat them. Um, I, I thought uh, Rob Flynn did a good job, something that AJ should have done in the first round against Rob Passy. Um, you know, you just sometimes, man, you, you know, when the defense is giving you – I look you sticking ball sports a lot, but when the defense is giving you a certain coverage that's dictating something and you've been, you've been sticking it to them all day, uh, the best thing for you to do is to take what the defense is giving you and march it down the field. And mm-hmm. Mike Salinas and crew understood what was at, at at hand, looked at looked at what looked at the videotape, saw what was going on and what they had been doing all day. They'd only pulled 169 out of the hat. They figured they wouldn't possibly go and do that again, risking tire smoke, trying to be in it to win it. Um, and, and they went in and ran a nice, solid 75. And, and I think that's smart. Um, sometimes you got to do that. Just get it down the racetrack, get the win. And, uh, you know, if the other guy in the other lane pulls out some magical rabbit out of the hat and pulls out a big number and beats you, then you go over there and you shake his hand and you say, okay, you you pulled up and schemed up a defense that that got, got a turnover and, and was able to, to score. You know what I mean? Um, other than that, Smart deal by Rob Flynn and that team and uh, letting this driver do the job um, and, and just taking what the defense gives you, taking what the track gives you um, and not getting too crazy and don't let tire smoke because, you know, it's a thin line between love and hate. <laughs> OK, OK, when that track is hot, when that track is good, it's a thin line between. Go and blow. So yeah, you know, it's a thin line between love and hate, baby. You can't. You gotta gotta make sure you get to the finish line in the final. Yeah, and we talked about that last year at the at the Bristol race where the track was tight. Hey, you gotta bring it to the racetrack, and if you bring too much, I don't think you're gonna bring too much today. The track is biting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a lot, of, and we even saw it on Friday night with the top fuel cars. Three top fuel cars got on the racetrack because everybody was either bringing too much power for the part of the racetrack that they were trying to apply the power or they didn't bring enough and we had tire shake. So, and I love the stick and ball references because I don't see us as any different than them. You know, that we just have really loud motors, <laughs> but it's the same kind of mindset. You know, it's, it's like if you're an athlete and, you know, I know all of us are familiar with that kind of world of competing. It's just, you kind of got to, you got to kind of outthink the other guy and, and kind of don't beat yourself. But, right. I, and I'm, and I'm going to let, I'm going to get to you there, but, I just wanted to say this, like, look at Jim Dunn. That car is not going to set the world on fire. And they'll tell you that. But if I'm not lined up next to you and I qualify number 16, you qualify number one, three, 379 at 340. Guess what? You got to do that again because I'm yep. going to run 4-0 and I'm going to get I'm going to pull my shoots. So don't beat yourself. Right. They ain't, they ain't going to throw – they ain't going to go play action and, and, and throw the ball, you know, 30 yards down the field. They're not going to hit you with that, but they will dink and dunk the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you get caught slipping, they got you. Yeah. So, you know. Darren, what you got? Well, first off, I want to say, you know, we got Coming to America references now. You know, D-Blank, I actually just watched at them line uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. So it's funny that you say that. So <laughs> I'm a big, big Mark Lawrence fan. So I just want to say that. But no, nah, congratulations to Mike Salinas. Um, you know, 
375, 376. I don't think anybody thought, you know, a 75 was going to be good enough to win, but it got the job done. And yeah. at the end of the day, you got the win. It don't matter. Don't matter at the end of the day. But uh, fourth career win for Mike Salinas. He takes over the points lead for the first time in his career as well. So congratulations to Mike. He's now officially a points leader. And I also want to awesome. give a congratulations to, uh, to Aaron Cave. He's the assistant crew chief on that Team Scrapper's Top Field Drag Show. I actually got to interview him out in Pomona. Mike Salinas put me on the spot. So I was interviewing Mike after, after qualifying. And he says, hey, you got to interview this kid right here. He's gonna he's one of the badass up-and-coming crew chiefs in top field dragster. And I, I, I mentioned yesterday, the dude does not talk at all. So he put me on the spot. <laughs> I have to pull it out the hat basically for that one. But cool dude. And congratulations to him. Um, you know, he for anybody who don't, know who don't know who he is, he's the guy who basically brings Mike into the beams at the very last second uh, before he runs. So I just want to give nice. congratulations to him and the whole yeah. Team Scrappers team. And um, like, man, like for this team, I don't – so – I don't want to call them misfits, you know, but it's like, you know, Rob Flynn obviously got let go by Coletta last year and, you know, AJ and them left Selena. So, you know, for them to team up, you know, for them to, you know, kind of team up, you know, with basically, you know, being let go from Coletta Motorsports and then you lose your crew chief to Coletta Motorsports for them to team up and then get a win second race out. I mean, that's super badass. So great to see both of them, both those guys doing good. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to team scrappers, Rob Flynn, and the rest of the guys, but I'm going to say it. And I'm, I said it yesterday, 367 in Phoenix tests, no header flames. Mm-hmm. Just saying mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. crazy Just saying as a guy who literally it's my job to judge what these people are doing on the racetrack. That is crazy. <laughs> hey, let me say this too, TJ. Um, really love what you're doing like you just mentioned right now i mean what you're doing is very original like nobody else does it so i really enjoy listening to your work and Me so too. just just, just want to say that man i really Me i really too. love what you're doing with the nitro performance guy it's, it's hey. phenomenal Thank you. Thank you. I, and that's the that's the smarts that's the music in me that's the like okay how can i make this sport i love d- go with everything else i'm doing so and it's just teaching you know like yeah and even people that know about the stuff, you know, I, I and I told you, you know, when you came on for the test show, I believe that we are in a really interesting time. And this is a great segue. God, my segues, my segues. We're going into the video game next. <laughs> Swish, nothing but the bottom of the net. No, but Kobe. <laughs> Kobe. So this is such a great time to introduce people to this sport, a new generation. And there's a lot to it. And I think this is a perfect segue actually into the video game talk because we know being at the racetrack, it is completely different than watching it on Fox. It's still great. It's still great watching it on NHRA TV. If you put it on your TV, if you got your iPad, your, your iPhone, whatever. When you are there, that is something that you cannot replicate. Mm-hmm. And, and I've done I've done my hardest, you know, with my sound engineer background with this microphone here to capture the most realistic sound that I've ever been able to capture. And I think me personally, I think it sounds, you know, a little bit better than the TV show. But that's because this is what I do. Sound is all about what I do. So I say that to say there's a very unique experience that you get when you pay for an NHRA ticket. It's a visceral experience. So when you when you talk about a video game, right, and you talk about, okay, how do I get this audience? And and you talked about uh, the Clay Milliken uh, call out that, you know, my no prep boy, uh, you know, got in there with him. So 
we're trying to get that audience. It's very ironic that Game Mill, the people that made the Street Outlaws game, two of them, now they're not the most, they don't have much depth, <laughs> which is why I guess why a lot of people were, you know, kind of, oh, well, don't get your hopes up. It's Game Mill. But, but just to hear the things that they're saying about it, and I want to get you guys' take on this. Brian Loans, he's been on the ground. He's been standing next to these cars while they're running. When they hit the gas, he's been standing next to these cars. He has a very big knowledge of these cars. He's a car guy himself. So for him to say some of the things that he's saying and some of the things that he's gotten in trouble for leaking about the game, I'm kind of excited. And it's kind of ironic that we're going to the Gator Nationals because that was one of the things that he showed uh, the audience on a West Bucks show when he had Alex Laughlin on there. Uh, someone on Reddit actually put took my attention to it. But, like, what do you guys think? And, and you don't even have to be a gamer, you know? But if you're an NHRA fan, you got you to gotta be excited about us returning to the gaming world, you know? Because just the, the possibility. What, what do you guys think about that? You want to go first, D-Bland, or how you want to do it? You go ahead. You go ahead. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna give a different perspective. So I don't know if you guys are. I, I don't know if D Bland's a gamer or not. Uh, me personally, I'm not a gamer. I don't play much games. I played games when I was younger, um, but not too much now. Um, if there is a if there is a a game for it on the for like the phone, the mobile device, I would definitely play it for sure. Um, but from the games per- standpoint, this is huge. So just just think about this. Just imagine a young eight to ten year old, twelve year old walks into GameStop and sees. John, not John Force, it's a young, nice Steve Torrance or Brittany Force. Let's say Brittany Force. See, Brittany Force on the cover. Have they said it was going to be on the cover yet? No, they don't even have okay. a name yet. All right. So just imagine you, you, you go in there, see Brittany Force on the cover, a Monster Energy Top Field Draction right on the cover of the round the cover. And he goes, Man, that looks really cool. I, I just want, I want to get this game. He gets the game and, he, you know, you see everything you could do, you know, puts the car together, gets the car down the racetrack, sees the flames, you know, sees everything about it. He goes, Man, can I go see this in person? And then right there, you have your younger audience right there. You know, that's, yeah. that's what drag racing needs, too. You know, we need to attract that younger audience. So this game is going to reach a whole different audience that we haven't been able to reach yet. Uh, so it, this is this is, a, this is a game changer for the NHRA. I'm excited. You know, for me personally, who's not a gamer. I'm just excited from the standpoint that we're going to reach an audience that hasn't really. They probably know about drag racing, but now it's actually going to get like, you know, a different perspective from it. And then be like, hey, I want to go to the racetrack. I want to watch on. T- Wait, first. I want to watch it on TV now. And after I watch it on TV, I want to actually go to the racetrack and see and get more fans and probably even, you know, guys who want to start racing now, you know? So good that you said that. Hold a lot, that a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Hold that thought. That's interesting right. that you said that. D Blaine, what you got? I agree. Um, you know, it, it, um, if they do what I think they'll do, um, uh, I thought I, I've played the other games that they had. Um, I even, um, back when they had the first their first PC game to the the PlayStation games, um, I, I I don't really do nothing but sports, you know, sport games as it is. Uh, so NASCAR is cool and everything, but really need that good NHRA game. I played IHRA Drag Racing and that was cool. Um, they had some different things in there as far as how you could tune some of the cars, but there was always something missing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the game they had for PlayStation was cool. It was missing some aspects. Uh, the sound was okay. Wasn't great as far as didn't capture, you know, the sound of the cars that great. 
but it, it you know for what it was it was good for the time yeah. um but if they do everything right uh they can they can really capture a, a new audience and engage folks to want to go out and begin to um you know learn how to tune and because they learn how to tune or you know are tuning these things on the game it intrigues them even more to investigate even further uh, and to do it in real life. Exactly. Um, Because I think that outside of driving, that's the biggest aspect of, of what we're missing in this sport big time. Uh, You know, we, we talk about it in sticking ball sports all the time. The, the recirculation of, of regurgitation of, of recycling coaches, Um, you know, we need new up and coming crew chiefs um, to, to tune these cars. Um, and I think that would get uh, individuals, um, you know, get their minds rolling, uh, get them, uh, get that, get that thirst for being able to want to be a part of that side of it. More, even yeah. more so than, than just driving the car. Yeah. Um, if they do it correctly. Cause I know that's what I, I loved about it. Um, even with the little bit that they had with the PS two game, the little bit of tuning, being able to try to get more out of it, um, you know, getting it in the, those, getting those low ETs, trying to get it to 330, uh, 333 miles an hour, trying yeah. to figure out how to get it to go faster. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that was, that was always fun. Um, if they, they take it to the level that I think they can, uh, yes, it's going to really grasp that younger audience that are really brought up on iPads, phones, and, and and console gaming. Yeah, yeah. And I have also played, I didn't play the computer games, uh, but I love the sound that one of them got. And it was like, ooh, that, that kind of sounds all right. But I mean, the sound has to be gritty. It's got to have the grit in the and we're going to do we're going to do a whole podcast where we really get in deep. Like I want to use my I want to show y'all like what you hear when they hit the gas. Like everybody just hears all this sound. No, there are notes. There's grit. There's like tone. There's like bass. There's so many frequencies at the same time. So they said they had Dolby recording the sound for the game. Oh, really? Dolby. Mm-hmm. Really? At the racetrack. Oh, wow. So okay. that's why the things that you guys are saying, I'm like, got my phone over here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so that's the goal. They're wanting it to be so realistic. I mean, they have the NHRA tech department. That's big. That's huge. To Because, you know, to go from a, oh, here's what a top fuel car looks like. I mean, you guys seen the model. Like, yeah. That that looks really good. That looks better than every anything they've ever put out. Anything, uh, anything they've ever put out, and that includes IHRA. If anybody's oh, ever yeah. seen the IHRA game, I, I hate to say this, but the IHRA game has always been a step ahead. Um, yeah, but it it looks better than anything any any drag racing game that's ever been produced ever. There ain't ever, ever been a top fuel car that's ever looked like that. Yeah, looks like you could get in it. exactly you know what i'm thinking (laughs) you know what i thought the first thing i'm thinking okay i'm like okay y'all know me i'm the flame boy 
what are the head of flames going to look like? They that was, I was thinking about look, that. They have, because you know. Because they haven't have, looked that good. We know how head of flames look in person. We have seen them. They kind of, they take your breath away with how much, again, that's another podcast we're going to do because there's so much detail in that flame. It's not just fire. It's not just white fire. Like when you're in person, you see how it looks on TV or even when you're there in person and the cars pass you, you see the real header, the real header fire. And then you look up on the TV and it doesn't look the same. Mm -hmm. So like they have to pay attention to that. And the, the, the unburned nitro, why the car is idling. I need to see, I need to see each of the cylinders firing. Yes. I need to see that. I need to, as the crew chief of this car, I need to be able to, I don't know if they'll go that detail, but I would like to pick what kind of order I'd like them to fire in because that does things to the car's performance, depending on the firing order. Again, I a, like... I have, a, I have a question. I'm sorry to cut you off because like I, 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 I'm not the gamer of, of, of the group right now. Have, gun, have games really come that far to where we can get that much detail? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, okay, Dude. like I said, I don't... I don't Play no, games, phone, so yeah. phone games look better than like PlayStation games did back in the okay. day. Okay. Okay. Like we're talking ca- about, yeah. You guys like, getting me hyped up just from talking about it. Like, like I'm that, that was that's my plan. <laughs> it's my plan is to get you to come to St. Get y'all come to St. Louis and then get you excited about this game. You don't have to be a gamer, but you're gonna play this game. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You're the American hot ride entertainer. Come on. Okay, come here's on. the here's the real question. Hold on, because I want to ask this. Go. Who get the, who gets the cover? Who gets the cover of the game? You it, if I uh, know, never mind. Just who gets the cover? Okay. Well, now we got to talk about. I was gonna. Okay, hold that thought. Bring that. Con- bring that question back up because now Zoom has said, "Hey, you can keep talking." So we're gonna keep okay. talking. Okay. So basically, Brian is basically saying that that's what they want. They want uh, players of this game to, you know, if they want to go, oh, I want to go get my license. You know, they feel like they're prepared because they've already experienced that. They're saying that's how real it's gonna be physics based gameplay so like we're going to see that top fuel car bouncing that chassis uh, that chassis as it approaches 660 like i'm excited for that i I, the tire growth that's easy don't play with me (laughs) do not play with me do it right i mean it looks very good and guys the gainesville mock-up It looks like Gainesville. It it looks like a video. It's a game. It looks like a video. Okay, so well, I got a PC, so I know it's gonna look. I know oh, it's gonna you, look it's like gonna a video online. Icy. It's gonna be icy on a PC. Yes. So, what you got so there? If we're playing on PlayStation Two or Xbox, the, the game controller has to shake then, right? When we when we hit it step, ha- on the, step on the throttle, it has that, to shake, right? It, it has to rumble. It has, has to, to rumble as we're idling. And then when I hit the gas, I better feel the most intense vibration that I've ever felt out of a game controller. Ooh, you know what, too? You know what, too? What? We need nitro to come out the speakers of the of the of the of the, of the game controller. We need nitro to like the smell of nitro to come out too. We need that. They need to have <laughs> well, that. I don't think they've invented they, that yet. They need to they have, have that. Smell of vision. They need they need like they need like nitro, like nitro fumes to seep out the size of the game console or the or the remote <laughs> or the, the controller. That'll be like, man, how cool would that be? Jesus. That'd probably be annoying Bruh. every time you start at the game and you, you know you <laughs> gotta air out your room because you got nitro fumes in it. <laughs> I'm totally just I'm totally just kidding. Wouldn't that I be know cool, it's though? funny though. It would be what cool. 
that's half the battle. Like the smell of nitro, the, the 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 feeling that you get when you're around it. Like this isn't gasoline. Yeah, gasoline smells good, but nitro smells good, and it's gonna clear your sinuses right up. Right up. <laughs> it will clean them <laughs> right up. But <laughs> it, you know, he. You asked me a question yesterday, the uh, uh, Darren. You asked me. You said, "Would you ever crew chief one of these cars?" And I said, "Yeah." But you know, I really want to see what I can do in this game. And this is really going to be the test to see, you know, and, and he says it here, you know, the, the more if you want to just get on and play, you'll be able to do that. But if you want to get on there and say, I'm, I'm going to turn the clutch, you know, I want to slip it through 60. You know, if you want to do that, you can. And so, you know, it said, you know, to, to, for people to try their hand and not knocking the supercharger off at 800 feet. So like, they're getting really detailed and it kind of scares me because I know how the previous drag racing games have been. It's more, you get down the racetrack, then things happen. So now with physics based gameplay, <laughs> you're going to be losing supercharge or uh, supercharges. You're going to be losing blower belts. You're going to be losing cylinders and we're going to have to see, okay, how do I not get number eight and nine to go out at 800 feet? Like that, that is cool for me mm-hmm. to be talking about in my house or you and yours, but it it it's crazy because we see these cars and you would think, why don't we have a game? Because look at what's happening. Look at all of the things that is, and that's what I tell people. And that's one of my missions for this podcast. It's three seconds of the loudest sound you've ever heard in your life. But do you know how much stuff is happening in three seconds for that to happen? So like when people, you know, like, like, and I feel bad, apologize for the fans at at Phoenix on Friday for not getting the greatest show from top fuel, but it's hard. It's hard. There's, there's, there comes a point where it's too cool, you know, and I hope they put that in there. I also hope they have crew members on the, on the starting line. I want to see the people. I want to see the funny car body go up. We've never seen that on a game. Nah, they just pull up. Right, I wanna, exactly. I want to lift that body. I want to charge the clutch. I want to check and make sure no, the, there are no leaks. I want to adjust that idle. I want control over all of that. So, and I just can't wait to see Gateway. I just, I just can't wait. And I, I hope it's like NASCAR, where the sound that the car is making in the game environment bounces off of other like walls and stuff. So I hope exactly. that it's realistic because at Gateway, we have that giant grandstand down there and you can hear the cars finish the run twice because it's echoing through all of that steel. So I hope they pay attention to that. And it's making me so excited. It's like, I want it to be, and I, I want to pull up to Indy myself and get my own car. I want to, I, I know I could get it at target, but this is special. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to Indy. I want to get it signed. If I can get, I don't even care if I get it signed. I just want to get it from the U.S. National. I think that's such a great place to debut the game. Uh, They're really thinking about things, guys, and and it makes me happy to see. For so long, we've seen this sport that we love, kind of just treading, just barely, just barely staying afloat. You know, Fox saved us. And then Camping World comes in again and saves us. You know, when Mellow Yellow decided, eh, and, you know, a second rate soda brand. Eh, I don't really know if that's really the best 
title sponsor for the for the you know for the sport but then we get camping world who sponsors nascar the truck series i as soon as they came on board i said oh yeah we're getting the game we're getting the game <laughs> we're getting the game <laughs> but yeah it's just it's just and they they said it in the in the interview a lot they were like we have a chance to reach people we haven't been able to reach since the vietnam war that is wild that is they said wild. that they said that we haven't been able to reach this type of audience 2.2 million people since vietnam and so you know we got to get these young kids out here because these are going to be the ones that are driving our cars hey guys let's 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 face it the sport is starting to look different right it it's is. starting to look different you know and which is great for us, you know, it's just it's just beautiful to see what's possible. But he just he's just breaking the door down for us. It's up to us to walk through it. And actually, that's why I'm so, you know, like celebrate us because we we have an important, a very important responsibility here. And the sport looks different. We might not be talking about it forever. You know, we might be doing it one day. You know, who knows? So, but but to see that we could, that's something that you that's important. It's so important. So, agree. Comments on that before we move on to the Gators. Yeah, that that was a heck of a monologue, dude. Agree. That was a heck of a monologue. (laughs) You closed it out. I know, really. (laughs) I got nothing sad. (laughs) That was awesome, guys. Okay, I'm I'm a poet. With, of the mind of, of the whatever i don't know I'm, I'm just a really good speaker i know i know how to say things other people want to say i don't know i've always been able to do that i don't know but yeah all of that that this is important it's important it is. it's, it's very, it's, it's very is. important it's a great time and i'm so happy all of us are doing what we're doing for the sport because what you guys are doing is amazing as well and you know darren you know i tell you guys how cool i think you guys are like <laughs> it's i found my brethren like I had nobody to talk drag racing like this detail with. And I'm just like, you know, what am I going to do? And that's why you're saying, Darren, yes, oh, I'm nobody. Oh, get, get out of here. You have brought so many people together. I'm you know? not. I, I'll tell you that, too. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm just a guy, man. I'm just a guy. Well, we're guys that are doing God's work. Amen. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that. <laughs> I like that. So the pet boys. All-star call-out, top fuel. First of all, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is very cool. This is something we have to do. A yeah, lot of people, yeah. comp- the things that uh, to- they complain about in HRA is they do the same thing. They don't change it up. We talk about it, you know, like why, you know, me and Darren have talked about just how groundbreaking the stampede of speed last year was. Like, that's what we need to be doing. You know, you said, you said I heard Chris Brown at a drag race. That that's yeah, cool. I mean, yeah, never heard Chris Brown or Drag Race before until uh, Stampede of Speed last year. And I, I loved it too. I was like, man, this I'm having fun right now. Right? Yeah. Don't you feel like you're in the club a little bit? Like a little bit, you know, enough. Bit. It's family bit. friendly. It's got to be family friendly. So you know, we can't maybe hear some of the. Anyway, <laughs> maybe not hear some of the songs we might want to hear, but it's cool because that's something that's never been done. So I'll be honest, guys. I was so wrapped up in the performance. You know how I am. I get really locked in. I forgot. I had completely forgot about 
this pet boys and how it was not not the call out itself but how they were qualifying and you know how they they came in with the points <clears throat> that's how they qualified but it got pretty dicey in qualifying with uh sean langdon and doug Kalitta getting in there uh getting new crew chiefs and getting in the sh- and getting in the show uh so yeah. what do you guys think about that how that was really exciting on saturday night it was like the race within the race which is qualifying then we had the race to get into this race you know, at the big race. So, like, yeah, what do you guys think about that? I mean, that's, you know, all the more drama we need, right? I mean, that's what makes the sport great. But, you know, I think we need to talk about now is, like, who calls out who now? Like, yeah, obviously, like, Steve Torrance. Who, who does Steve Torrance call out first round? I mean, first round is scheduled for 11.45 Saturday afternoon. So, mm-hmm. um, if you think about 11.45, usually that's when Funny Car comes up round one on Sunday. So, you know, obviously, you know, when they start at 11 o'clock, the conditions are really good. But around that time, 11.45, and funny car comes up, starts to that track temperature starts to heat up a little bit. It starts to get a little, get a little hotter and the, the track conditions become a little bit more challenging. So, yeah, uh, like we talked about it yesterday for Steve Torrance, you know, do you call out a Britney force, you know, depending on the conditions first round? You know, we know she can lay down a number. Do you call her out first round? Everybody wants to see, you know, we, Britney force has run it up to Steve Torrance two of the past three years. And we talk about how that's kind of like, you know, not necessarily a rivalry, but, you know, those two have been the top two and top field the past couple of years. Like everybody wants to see that matchup and everybody wants to see a Steve Torrance call out of Brittany and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, I'm like I'm looking forward to the gamesmanship and who calls out who I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> just just. Going to the, the Gator Nationals, the over the, you know, over the over the years, um, it's different than any other track. Um, mm. you know, that 11:45 call up on on it can be tricky. Um, you know, right now, you know, we're 2 weeks out, but just just to give you an idea, uh we're looking at 80 degree weather um on Saturday, 81 degree weather. Um cloud cover partly cloudy that day is, is what it likely will be most of the time it is. Uh, you know, it seems like whenever there's the Gator Nationals, it's going to rain one day or there's going to be some type of rain somewhere in the morning. You're going to have a partly cloudy start. Um, if the sun is out, it's going to be warm. It's Florida. Yeah, <laughs> it's Florida. So um, 1145 is no joke. Track temperature is usually already at 100 or above. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe sometimes can be, you know, in the high 100s it's really going to be a tough deal on who navigates what um, yeah. it ain't going to, you know, you, you can have all the horsepower you want, um, but it really, it comes down to how you navigate that track. So it is going to be very interesting. I'm very interested too on who who's going to call out who um, and how they go about it. Because you, I mean, if you're, if, <laughs> if you're Steve Torres, do you, do you call out, do you call out a Leah Pruitt? Really? Because actually, those track conditions might be to her favor. Yeah, they haven't they haven't run the big numbers, but they actually might run a decent number. She hasn't. Now, let me premise this: hasn't done a hasn't done the best job on the starting line. Mm-hmm. Okay, but with those type of conditions, they may be favorable favorable for them because of the track being a little bit warm. Uh, those big numbers aren't necessarily there. So it's going to be require the crew chief to do a little bit of finesse, finessing uh, mm-hmm. down the track. There's a little yeah. bit more room for error. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, uh, but it is, it's going to be like, like Darren said, that 1145 call up, 
especially in Gainesville. That ain't no joke, man. You're going to find out, Darren. It's no joke at 11.45 on a sunny day. Um, and if it's cloud cover, it's a whole – Gainesville's a whole other track. Now yeah. you're talking about Speedville. Yeah. Um, the track's n- very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, super tight, can run big numbers. The bikes run big numbers. I mean, we've seen 200-mile-an-hour yeah. runs out there with ease. Um, anything's possible. It just depends on – is the sun going to be out early that morning? Or are we going to have cloud cover, cool conditions, maybe a little humid, little humidity? We know there's going to be water grains in the air. Oh yeah. What are we? What are we looking? What are we looking at as far as sun being out? It, will it be partly cloudy or will we have full sun? Hey, yeah. here's a fact. Here's a factor we're not talking about too either, guys. So first off, before I get into that. 30th anniversary of Kenny Bernstein's 300 mile per hour run. So I just want to throw that out there. Very cool. nice. Yeah. But here's the thing. 20 top field cars on the entry list for Gainesville. If nice. you don't get if you're one of the eight in the all star in the all star call out, you don't get down the track on Friday. Oh, so you, hard yeah. time now. So which which runs count towards qualifying? Because usually it's either the first round or the final or the first round and the second round. Do we know which ones will count towards qualifying? Because if you don't get down the track in that first session, you got a little you got some. You know, yeah. you're behind eight ball going that's, to round one. That so I am not aware of. Right. I don't think they've said it, but in the years past, what they've done when they had four qualifiers, and I'm going to keep griping about it, but when they had it, they would do the first round was good, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the final round. Because most round, of the cars in the final round, you're only dealing with two cars. So you got to factor the other people that didn't ex- you know, get to this part are making qualifying runs. But that's a really good point. It's it's like the race within the race within the race because well, T- I'm sorry to cut you off, TJ. No, you're good. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, because I remember Indy one year, like you said, it was the first round in the final that comes for us qualifying, which was top field Saturday night. But on Sunday for the funny car shootout at Indy, it was the first round and second round. The final didn't count, mm-hmm. count for us qualifying. So I'm, right. I'm wondering which one, you know, which, which one, one are kinda, they going to do? Yeah. So yeah, we we'll just have to see. And depending on the track condition, stuff like that is it's, it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Look now, at, I will look, say this. Most of the time, qualifying is at 12, and I believe it's 12 and 3, and like, you know, right before 4 o'clock. Okay. I, I'm, I, and this is going off of memory. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look through my stuff. I think I have some old sheets or something like that. Um, but, yeah, because uh, I, I believe they're starting a little bit earlier. They usual, are definitely yeah. coming out earlier than usual. Oh, like okay. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. definitely starting a little bit earlier than usual on Saturday. So, yeah. Um, yeah, because they usually don't start that early. Yes. Is, so Is it because all the delays they had last year? You remember last year? Like, they went into, like, super late last year on Saturday because all the delays and stuff like that. They yes. Got, so they finished they up late. Did. I see. I didn't, go la- I didn't go last year in September. Um, no. I did la- not. Uh, last last March. Before last? Oh, yes. Oh, man. I... It was so late that I pulled out. I, I actually left. <laughs> I actually left before it was done. That's how many delays they had. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of delays. There were a lot of. There were a lot of. And speaking of delays, in delays for that one. Yeah, and speaking of delays, that that's that's one of those opportunities. Like, I jump around, you know. So I, I'm gonna go go back a little bit, and then I gotta go back a little further because we need to talk about who's gonna be on the cover, but. That's a very good point. Those are opportunities where we have downtime. Let's do something. 
have a have a have a motocross dude out here make doing flips or something like this is an opportunity because sometimes okay as many times as we want to have a, a, a incident free qualifying session that's when they happen and that if something happens every week at even if it's just an oil down you know the oil down is not a just a sweep sweep we're, we're done we're good that's something that you know we, we shut the track down for a little bit do what we got to do and we come back but that's an opportunity right. to do something i don't know what but and something mods here this weekend this, oh, this that's weekend so very you nice. can guarantee there's gonna be some delay <laughs> uh, i'm serious it's just no, how you're right it is. you're you right got, we talked about pro mod when you got pro mod there it usually is pro mod that causes the delay Yes. yes they're worse than funny cars oh yes <laughs> i call I them mean, funny cars with doors yeah because, i mean it's it's yeah. sick yeah and we've it seen is. crashes the past couple of years against Volvo pro mods yes. like there's there's gonna be a, i don't want to say it but i mean most likely <laughs> gonna see a crash i mean sorry i'm just sorry i'm trying to get out on time man <laughs> 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 sorry. hey uh-huh. tj so i talking about the qualifying session so vegas four wide has four sessions just let you know that Excellent. Yeah, Very so nice. Out there. Yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you for that. But we got eight of the baddest hot rods on the planet. We got, I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. We got Sean Langdon for DHL RevCam, Seal Master, CMR Construction and Roofing, Mobile One, Doug Kalita, the same people with Mac Tools as well. He's in the number seven spot. We got Leah Pruitt. She's running for Dodge Connection, the power brokers, that silver bullet. I love it. I love, I love silver it. top fuel cars. Love it. In the number five spot, we got Antron Brown, Matt Coe, Hankstifer, Sirius XM, and the good old Toyota. Toyota, we're going to talk about that a we little bit. we got Summit. we got Summit. 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 <laughs> uh, and Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Lucas Oil. And I've started saying at all <laughs> when I go through the sponsors because I love calling out sponsors. We got Justin Ashton in the number four spot, Phillips Connect, Fighter C Shot, Auto Shocker, and also Toyota. We got Mike Salinas in the number three spot for this is an easy one. Team Scrappers. Brittany Force is in the number two spot for Monster Flavor Pack. Pete Cornwell and every other John Force <laughs> Racing sponsor they have. That's the ones I use at all on. I took that from Alan Reinhardt. And in the number one spot, no surprise here, that Texas boy, Capco Contractors, Redline Oil, Steve Torrance is number one. He makes the first choice. We said he might pick Brittany. I don't know. We'll have to see because the everything we talked about, the conditions, the qualifying, the that you know the conditions might favor them so it's just, there's dumb. so many aspects exactly there's He's so many dumb. aspects of it that we have to that we have to look at so it's this is a cool thing this is a because i don't because cool i'm gonna tell you i don't see him winning yeah i, I don't know i don't but, see steve torrance winning. i could see him not li- winning i could see that i think i think for this at the end of the day there's no points obviously yeah, there's money on the line but i mean Let's make a show out of this, you know. I just let's let's make a show out of this. Like, call out Brady first round. Just go for it, you know. Why not? <laughs> Everybody Sean, wants to see that. Leah, Leah Pruitt, call out Sean Langdon. Like, let's make this a show. We like, want to see that. It. Mike you... Salinas, call out Doug Coletta. Let's just, you know, just let's make a show out of this. He gonna beat Doug Coletta. 
I'm, I'm just saying, look, let's let's just throw everything out the window. Just let's just have fun. Just you know, just go. That for would it, be you know? nice because then that give me some talking points. Because because when he beat Doug Coletta, <laughs> you know I'm gonna be talking some noise in that daggone media room. I'm already talking <laughs> noise. <laughs> well, uh, Darren, you you brought the most controversial pairings of those top fuel cars exist, in existence. Like that was very impressive, sir. That was I mean, TV. Worthy. I mean, that's. I mean, when when they said we're gonna have a call out, I mean, like that's when I saw it. Like, let's put on our show. Like, let's have a show. That call out on Friday night. Let's t- let's talk some trash. You know how? Like, I'm not trying to compare to NASCAR. I'm not trying to do that. But you know how uh, when they bring when they bring them out in Bristol, you know, uh, at Bristol, and they and they could come out and say something. You know, when they do driver introductions, let's talk some trash. Like, legit. Like, yeah. Throw sponsors, throw sponsors out the window. Let's talk some trash. Let's call out the people that you don't like or you know that we want to see you call out. And let's just have some fun with it. You know, why I not? Need some AEW like promos. Exactly. Call some folks out. <laughs> exactly. Talk like, some trash and tell them come to the start line and get the foot up they behind. Let's exactly. go. Like yeah. exactly. Well, we talked about it. You know, NHRA could use a little bit more grit. Exactly. They need we some more grit. That. It's too. It's too polished, man. It's too polished from 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 the drivers to to jokers calling it. And here's here's <laughs> the thing too. So. We talk about we talk about drivers being too political and stuff like that and, and not want to get in, in wrong with the sponsors. But let's, let's say you talk a little trash and that gains your following. That's just only going to help the sponsor out in the end. I mean, exactly. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, so let's like let's talk a little trash, you know? Yeah. And, and it's easier with a lot of guys. And a lot of the reasons why a lot of them don't is because oh, my owner's not going to like that. Well, a lot of these guys are owning their own, you know, calling their own shots now. So. Mm-hmm. That kind of yeah, yeah. That kind of get that. That's getting us back to that '90s. That Chuck Etchells. That you know that that they were owning. They're calling Al Hoffman. Shots. Al Hoffman. Yeah. So how about that? We had a great talk with those gentlemen, uh, D. Bland and Darren Williams Jr. Uh, we were missing Andrew. Uh, so that's okay. We'll have him on at some point. Um, but I mean, we had a good, really good talk. We talked about a lot of things that you might not hear on this episode, but you might hear on later episodes. Um, it was great to talk about drag racing. It's just such a good time to be a drag racing fan, analyst, reporter, crew guy, crew chief, driver. I mean, we're all fans at the end of the day of these amazing cars. Um, so I'm not going to go on too long because we did cover a lot today. Um, But it was a great drag race in Phoenix. Uh, We got a week off for uh, the Gators. It's going to be in Gainesville, Florida at the hallowed grounds of Gainesville Raceway. Uh, Darren let us know last night uh, the 30-year anniversary of the first 300-mile-per-hour run. It happened at this racetrack. So um, they're going a whole lot faster than that now. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what they put up on the boards. Uh, we got the all-star shootout. That's going to be fun. Got call-outs going out. So it's just a really good time uh, for the sport, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but with that, I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. I'm the Nitro Performance Guy, TJ, your host. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.